Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Original movies are a staple of any TV junkie's diet, and we take them very seriously. So seriously that we've dedicated an entire podcast to picking apart each and every one ever made. The stories, the actors, the stunning dialogue, the IMDb trivia, we're here to discuss it all with the appropriate mixture of reverence and humor, one movie at a time. I'm Molly McAleer, and this is Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. collection begins. Meg Galligan. Nate Burns. A man running from his past. What happened in Baltimore, Nate? A woman trying to find hers. His dad. He's dead. He was murdered. From the New York Times best-selling author. The killer's still out there. Lunacy? Things that seem one way usually aren't. Leanne Rhymes, Eddie Cibrian. I love you more than I thought I could ever love anyone. Northern Lights premieres Saturday, March 21st at 9 on Lifetime. So today's guest is Lindsay Weber. She hosts one of my favorite podcasts, Who Weekly. Um, I've also known her for a while through the internet, through Tumblr, I guess, back in the day. We're both from Boston, the greater mm-hmm. Boston area. We saw each other, I think, like on Lansdowne adjacent. Like I was at Bukowski's and you were at some place that my cousin Fiona and her boyfriend Scott. Mm-hmm. It's like a Mexican restaurant. I was with my cousin Fiona and her boyfriend Scott. And I was like, there's Lindsay Weber. And you were like, hi, because I never am wearing my glasses <laughs> and I never recognize anyone. And I was like, it's just so rare to see like another Boston person who also left like back in the spot it's crazy my mom was walking through like the louvre like many years ago like and she saw some woman who's whose house she used to clean and she was like hi and like they were like friends like they were like friendly like because my mom was always like the pretty approachable house cleaner uh and so um yeah she was skill honestly yeah pretty approachable house cleaner Mm -hmm. especially in like lexington massachusetts that's Mm kind of what you want so um shauna saw someone like randomly and i was like if you can run into anyone you know in Paris, France. You can definitely run into anyone on Lansdowne Street in Boston. I mean, I can't even remember why I was there, but it must have been for some like unfortunate reason because I haven't been like downtown Boston like out for a while. Out, yeah, because that seems I mean, like torture. It was probably seven or eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like it was a really long time probably ago. Some like high school reunion thing because I can't imagine why I would be yeah. out there unless like dragged by. High school friends. You were definitely with like other people that looked like they were from like Newton High School. <laughs> yeah, Where did you yeah. go? Newton North or Newton South? South. South. Okay. Yeah, I, I dated a guy from Newton South. Um, no, wait. He was Newton North. 
That's oh, better. A, yeah. He was Italian. Is that where like Newton Italian North. naval? North. Okay, yeah. They were like better at sports and we were smarter, but I feel like they were smarter and better at sports and we were just like uh, rich or whatever. That's attractive. Though I'm attracted to both. Take what you can get. Yeah, I'm attracted to both from all areas. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And I went to Boston College in Newton, so I love Newton. We have commonalities. Oh okay, where did you go to college? I went to NYU. Okay. Yeah. Chic. I couldn't stay in Newton, although... I could see why Newton would be a great place to go to college. I was forced to go. I was going to go to Suffolk. I got like a full ride to Suffolk and I was like, this is perfect. Cause like Marty Walsh, Mayor Marty Walsh, Mm -hmm. like started out as like a Senator and like he did this whole journey and I would always look at someone like him and be like, okay, so he went to Suffolk, like public school, Suffolk, like kills it politics. And that's what I was going to do. I was going to be like, Full, just like follow because like trail. don't they have an amazing law school? Isn't their whole thing? Yeah, their Suffolk law school laws their yeah. jam. And I was gonna go to law school and like be a politician, mm-hmm. and then I was gonna be a lawyer, then a politician, then like transition to talk radio, like Billy Booth. Whoa, yeah, Mayor Billy Booth or not Billy Booth? He was like, I guess he was a. He wasn't a mayor. He was a senator. Talk radio is a very Boston-specific thing, too. Well, like, Howie they Carr. They love talk radio there. You love your Howie Carr. You love your two chicks dishing. Like, I was very WRKO. I was very, like, Maddie in the morning, um, Kiss 108. Like, and I was loved in that world a too. talk, love a morning radio uh, show where mm-hmm. old people talk about Britney Spears, you know? My mom and I won tickets to Kiss concert. My mom, like, oh, decided to tell me that she was getting married to the guy that turned out to be, like... <laughs> I don't know, like, they didn't even get married. Like, she got engaged to this guy. She decided, like, the best way to tell me that she was engaged to some guy that she wasn't going to marry, but that, like, destroyed me emotionally throughout my, like, years. Because like, it was just, like, hard. Like, he mm-hmm. was just, like, a very, like, stringent man. Mm-hmm. Like, he was from, like, the Pacific Northwest, or Northwest. <laughs> like, his, like, last name was Jarvis. Like, he was just very, like, of that world. Like, computer world. And, like, it was very, like, okay, cool. My mom's engaged this guy. Now we're living in Princeton, New Jersey. But, like, I used to, like, fully escape through uh, talk radio. And my mom and I decided to, like, I don't know. My mom was like, let's go downtown. We're going to win tickets to Kiss concert. Yeah. And I was like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. So we went like downtown. We rode the train and like we won tickets. Like the, the remember Randy? The yeah. Intern? Yeah. So like Randy, the intern had to like dive into Boston Harbor, which is like notoriously like you grow fish gills. Yeah. Like, like w- what a shtick. Okay. So the goal was like you drive, you jump into Boston Harbor, but like Billy, for some reason, picked me. And I was under 18, so I couldn't jump into Boston Harbor. Nor should you. you, That would have really stunted your development, I feel like. Absolutely. At that age. So then Maddie was like, Billy, you're an idiot. Who's her mom? And like, my mom was my mom. So then my mom was like, do I have to jump into Boston Harbor? And like, my mom, I I didn't realize at the time, her subtext was... As soon as I win these concert tickets for my kid, I have to tell her that we're leaving the state. Wait, I'm that married. was the buildup? Yeah. That's what she thought. She was going to win you over with these tickets so and she then announce. me Kiss concert tickets. Did she dive in? No. Okay. 
the because legal kids want to wait legal would not <laughs> pass people jumping into the bus even though they had this whole thing set up and turns yeah. out no one was allowed to get in the harbor so randy got in the harbor in scuba gear okay and then my mom it was her and some other woman had to what throw. a poorly planned uh situation i think the whole bit was just to get like randy in the boston harbor okay and then, like, it was like, okay, so we can't let anyone get in the Boston Harbor, but, like, you guys are going to throw water balloons at Randy, and the first person who hits Randy, like, you get tickets to Kiss concert. Okay. So my mom just starts her, like, Irish shit. Like, she's on her jam, because she knows her secret motivation. I do not know my secret. This is, like, classic television storytelling. She knows her motivation. I do not know her motivation. My motivation is Kiss concert. Her motivation is, is to tell for- my child this awful news without devastating her yeah, and changing her life. Forgiving me as an adult, me forgiving her as an adult. Like this day when I'm like, oh, I went to therapy day. She's like, what'd you talk about? And I'm like, not Kiss concert. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) It's always the Kiss concert every time. She wins me tickets to see Kiss concert. And for those who don't know, I'm not talking about Kiss the band. I'm talking Kiss one away. We didn't even clarify. Kiss concert was like the best of the best uh, pop stars. It would be one concert. It would be Britney Spears. And Christina Aguilera and Jessica Simpson yeah. and Mandy Moore yeah. and 98 Degrees and, and like, like each doing Crows the best song year. and then leaving, which is the best because like you actually don't want to watch the full concert. You don't need the B-sides. You just are like, play baby one more time and then like, please evacuate. Blessed Next. Union of Souls <laughs> fucking Hey Leonardo. Oh, like every. <laughs> then please leave the stage. That, it was an amazing Exit. concert. It was like listening to the radio, but live, which was, rules. Because so no one. Yeah. OK. So his concert was like literally the um, Eiffel 65, like where Eiffel, whatever it was, they were there. One yeah. Year. Yeah. And like they would start at noon. So you're like, I'm blue is at noon. Can you imagine what's the going down up. at 10 p.m.? It's like fucking classic Aerosmith for three hours. Like I made my mom go to the uh, uh, Mix 98.5, which was like the old people right. lame radio station she Show, sure. which was free this is like as compared to you have to get tickets for kiss concert this was free at the hat shell and the headliners were the bare naked ladies and that's how like pathetic i was also the cores were there okay i was there too no and you like, weren't no i was there okay was it was there a great my show. high school boyfriend todd <laughs> and then this guy john hay who went no. to harvard and and then i was with my girlfriend like literally this is what a bad friend i am i don't remember my girlfriend that was dating john hay but like I still to this day, it like, was like if I have a mutual on Tinder, a lot of times it's John Hay because he went to Harvard and like did some shit with his life. But like I will die because if you're from Boston, you saw bare naked ladies at least five times. Yes, like at you, the Hat Show, Dispatch, like Guster, like these bands were awful, and like no one should ever have to listen to them. But I was like standing for bare naked ladies with my mom with our my friend at the Mix ninety. Did you want like John Mayer to penetrate you at age eighteen <laughs> more than anything in your life, or no? like pathetically no? Like I had worse taste. That would be like redeeming. <laughs> you were like. I was like, mm, I like love the cores. Like, play me some fiddles. Like, why? Like, I'm Jewish. I'm not leave even me fucking Irish. <laughs> no, because you grew up in the land of white ethnics. Like, literally, oh do God. we value anything more than a goddamn fiddle? God. So, Lindsay, may I ask you some who questions? Yeah, please. Who is Leanne Rhymes? <laughs> okay, Leanne Rhymes is a country artist who got her start at like age eight or ten. She's like a young. 
maybe older. Blue. Blue. And she was like a breakout and Blue was like a crossover hit. Yeah. So she was on the pop charts and the country charts. Because that was, by the way, this was like an America where it was very strange to have a country crossover. Yes. But it was cool because she was young. So it was, we like loved it because she came yes. out of nowhere and was, uh, and then literally never to be seen or heard from again until uh, her drama, which we like, we'll talk about with the Lifetime show. Okay. Who is Eddie Cibrian? I have no fucking idea who that. I mean, I know who that is, but like, he's a huge who. Okay, so Eddie Cibrian's like basically a guy that's like attractive, and he became an actor, and he wound up doing. He kind of looks like Dean Kane. He like looks, he's of the genre. He's for like a sure. knockoff Dean Kane. There's like two types of like lifetime hot guys. It's like blonde or brown haired. Yeah. And then like Eddie Cibrian <laughs> is basically like the dark haired kind. He's of like, he's not, we just did the Rob Lowe movie. He's not dissimilar to a Rob Lowe. Um, born in 1973. He's an American actor, best known for his role as Cole de Chanel on Sunset Beach. Interesting. Wait, what? Cole in, de Chanel what, on Sunset what Beach. What is Sunset Beach? Best known for. And. <laughs> If you're best known for is not even clear whether it's like a TV movie or song like this is not you're not known for. He He's was, best known for leaving his reality show wife for Leanne Rimes. That is what you're best known for. Brandy Glanville. Uh, Eddie Sabran also highly suspect born in Burbank. Oh, <laughs> I don't trust a born in, like Stephen Ray Morris. From L.A., our producer here, my best friend, Ed. No one's born in Burbank. No one, well, being born in Burbank's like kind of just like attention hoary from birth. Mm, like, yeah. that's just like you're you like burying your actual origin story. Okay. Uh, who is Lunacy, Alaska? Lunacy, Alaska is the town they live in, but I think it's fake. Yeah, I think it's fake too. Okay. Who is Rosanna Arquette? Okay. Rosanna Arquette is of the Arquettes, but is probably like the least important slash famous of the Arquettes. Let's, I mean, we could go through them. We know I stand for an underdog. Like literally the first call I ever placed to weekly was being like, how dare you besquirch the name of a one miss Courtney Stodden. I will never forget. She's my angel. Like literally I spent three days trying to figure out how to call in just to talk about this. But let's like, if you were to rank the Arquettes, like the Arquettes are like of the Baldwins, right? So you have like this family name that is like actors and you have actually a lot of them and they all have their own interesting story. You have uh, David, famous of acting, marrying Courtney Cox, drug addict, et cetera, et cetera. You have, uh, who else? He runs that, what's that? Circusy themed nightclub. Oh my God, you're right. At the end, at the bottom of the Roosevelt. I went down there once and there was like, I was on ecstasy. Yeah. And like by the way, like he, I don't know if he was there. I won't speak to his experience. Yeah, I will say it was Thanksgiving night. I was on ecstasy. Uh, I wound up somehow at like what an auxiliary Diana Ross house, like Wait, dancing like to hers or something. It, it was she a house owned. that I was told belonged to Diana Ross. I was there at four in the morning. I had to wake up and cook a turkey the next day. It was like the darkest shit of my life. That That's room, a truly LA experience. That room at the Roosevelt downstairs, whatever that is, is super, super dark and super scary. Just like David Arquette's entire trajectory. Let's not lie. His entire dark. trajectory. And like, I love Coco Arquette. Like, I will say this. Like, I think that she's like a cool celebrity kid. Cool. I like cool celebrity kid yeah she's like also low she's pro. gonna be fucked up though let's not like but with those pa- like she's a goner we'll see we'll see she but i goner. have to say so my arquette and this is where it ends yeah i i go patricia Pat- patricia is like a list patricia's not well she 
on my wall right now. I'm looking at my Patricia Arquette poster. I told you she was on my wall. True Romance, my favorite movie. Um, oh, I thought you meant the. I thought you meant Rosanna Arquette was on your wall, and I was like, "What's the context?" I of that? don't know. No, no, no. Patricia, I understand being on somebody's wall. Who's the trans one? I like forget her name. I literally knew it and then forgot it. Trans Arquette. She's my number two. Then David. Then Rosanna. Then right, the but rest that's of what them. I'm saying. Like Rosanna isn't even like in the top three Arquettes because she literally like her. She has been in stuff. I mean, she was great in Subtly Seeking Susan and like all of that stuff. And she's Alexis a classic. But she still has nothing on the rest of her family. I mean, you have an A-lister, David, who's fucked up, and you have literally like. Alexis who Patty. causes yeah so you can't you know you can't even okay so Alexis is like good for her loving Alexis loving <laughs> this is just music that comes are you oh, playing no. an autoplay no it's I'm auto-play. actually playing Dave Matthews Gravedigger by accident that's super embarrassing okay <laughs> uh... <laughs> wait Lindsay like how oh, Massachusetts nightmares is that is that I go to look up Rosanna Arcana my and Dave Matthews fucking, and just like Grave digger, like literally graving, graving, graving my. There's another Arquette named Richmond Arquette, who I guess is lower on the Arquette totem pole than Rosanna. So, like, actually, I will give her credit for not being dead last on the Arquette totem pole. Who is Mayor Hop? Is that a real person or is that a character in the movie? It's a character in the movie. Okay, I have it's, no idea. It's forget. the character in the I movie. I forgot him. So I just want to say, like, super big shout out. This is our first casting director shout out, but like Susan Glicksman, like, congratulations on bringing together Eddie Cibrian and Leanne Rhymes. If literally, it's kind of amazing that this movie does literally nothing. No one cares, and it's kind of bad, but it really marks a moment in time where Leanne Rhymes and Eddie Cibrian met. And, like, I was, like, really having a hard time understanding, like, okay, what's this journey? Like, do I like them together? When do they fall in love? And then, like, at a certain moment during the film, I was like, I see it. Wait, what part? When did you see it? I would say, like, maybe the third time that they she was sassy. <laughs> oh, okay. The third time. And, like, okay, so I'm going to... Like, Susan Glicksman, responsible for bringing together Leanne Rimes and Eddie Cibrian. She also cast... Um, her very first casting job, we'll look through... Um, it's called something called Hostage Flight. Oh, cool. A lot of TV movies. The Alamo, 13 Days to Glory, Makes Sense, Fatal Confession, A Father Dowling Mystery. I mean, we really can't... What's kind of amazing is that the only other kind of similar situation but let's say like a-list style was mr and mrs smith like that brought like brad that. and angelina together and poor jen aniston left you know on the cover of tabloids forever to be like depressed and babyless apparently uh this is like Childless. the f list <laughs> the <laughs> the f list version of that is this situation and the only reason it even got press at all is because leanne rhymes is somewhat famous and uh and brandy melville what's her name brandy glanville brandy and glanville was on a reality show poor dean sherman like left and all of his like dean doesn't want to be a part of this and like i i praise him for that oh like, her ex who like do you remember I her know. maybe gay ex-husband uh, yeah okay like dean was like he kind of was like you know relieved. what i'm dean okay yeah like i'm like out of this <laughs> like i have to say i've been dean like taking a sigh of relief Dean's in like honestly this was like worked out well for me to be for being real so this film opens on a man climbing on an icy peak <laughs> um 
And he's journaling. It and looks like it's a like ride at Disneyland. Have you ever been on that ride that's called like Antarctica or like Glacier or you know it's um toboggans? Oh, um, it's uh, the what's it called? Matador. Uh, yeah, no, it looks Matador. like the uh, Matta Pan. That's a place in Boston. Um, the Matta Ma- Matterhorn. The Matterhorn. Yeah, and it, that, that's it looks- the difference between Disneyland and Disney World, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, like Disney World doesn't have the Matterhorn. So Disneyland does. this scene, this like entire set that's supposed to be Alaska, looks like the Matterhorn. Totally Matterhorn. So, like, Matapan, you're crazy. Sorry. So, no, it's so funny. So, he's journaling alone inside this, like, Arctic cave, which, like, always strikes me as weird. Because, like, as someone who actually, like, writing is such a part of my identity. Like, I've never pulled out a journal on top of a snow. Don't you have, like, other things to worry about? Like, if you're freezing almost to death on top of a mountain, then writing in your journal? His jerky supply was low. Like, literally, he knew his jerky supply was down to two people could maybe split this for 24 hours, and he still did it anyway. What a weird story this movie is. So, like, a guy... So, some guy, like, comes and meets him, and the guy who's journaling is like... Just basically stabs him in the stomach with an ice pack. Like a mystery man with with a hood on. Stabs Brutal. this other man on a mountain. And I always have a hard time just to begin with at the top. Because like whenever I see like two guys with dark hair and white skin, I think it's the same person. Like literally always. Like when I was like, who's the one? I was like, oh, Eddie Cyprian's climbing up a mountain. And then I was same. like, oh, that's not him. No. And also interesting, like I didn't know it was going to be a murder. Because mm-hmm. there's no, there's, I was like, oh, it's like a love story. Here we go. And Northern then night. immediately murder. And I was like, oh, so it's literally like Angela Lansbury, like meets like shit lifetime. Well, I think you're more literary than I am. So I have to ask you, like, what do you know about Nora Roberts? Because this is like part of the Nora oh, Roberts collection. I, so I um, know a little bit about Nora Roberts, but not a ton. She is part of the like romance novel um, royalty. And I know a little bit about that because I wrote about the new romance novel bookstore in Culver. City, my favorite place in Los Angeles. It's like a bookstore only for romance. all that. Mm-hmm. Just like wet panties everywhere. They in Culver just, City. In Culver City yeah. on the main street. It's Where really great. It uh so they were telling me all about the different like queens of romance. And one of the best things about romance novels is that the writers are truly prolific. They write like four books a year. Right. So Nora is like one of those where she just like is able to churn them out. Because Nora Roberts has something that's, like, similar to, like, the uh, Secret Between Friends, which is all about, like, anorexia. It was, like, part of the, like, Tell Them the Truth series. And so, like, Ro- Nora Roberts has her, like, Nora Roberts, like, blank So she has, series. like, this so murder like, in the... capsule collection. Like, I'm sure she did, like, a murder on an island, like, a murder in a desert, like, a murder in different, like, biospheres. Like, Probably different... 100% right. Because when <laughs> I tried to buy... Because, like, this is, like, a dark secret. Like, I have to buy a lot of these lifetime movies to watch them the three times that i do on itunes or lifetime movie club i mean you're committed to this concept i'm really in it and so um i couldn't buy this movie without buying the quote-unquote nor roberts collection did you watch the other ones are you gonna hold on to those for you don't understand i'm up to like probably i would say i'm up to about 20 hours of just not even recreational, pure work lifetime watching right now. This is a lot. I mean, you set yourself up for this journey. So I, honestly, and by the way, I, I can't even. Say, this is like, it's from my womb. Like, I love it. Like, I yeah. can more. Literally, our picture is a picture. Our, like, 
icons a picture of like a mother and child slash an ass slash boobs and it's because like that's what this comes from for me I mean there's no there's no way to feel better about yourself as a writer if you want to write film or TV than to watch one of these movies because it truly does mean that like a monkey could do it like it is like simple addition addition and subtraction and like by the way my takeaway from this is whenever I watch a Lifetime movie I call my agents and I'm like hey so how do you write a like can I write Lifetime movies like I would love to write I met a Lifetime movie writer and I was like, how did you even get to this place? Oh, it's all I want. It's all I want. So we meet a kooky older woman. Um, This kooky older woman is named Mayor Hop and we follow her through this journey. We don't get to learn her name for like several scenes, which is the most frustrating part of these Lifetime movies. And sometimes you can get like through the first maybe 17 scenes before anyone Well, you'd think like one of the shittiest things about shitty movies is exposition and like that they like introduce people too soon and too fast. And yet you think they're like in denial about it. They're like, we're going to really like make it feel like we're going to string you along until we tell you what's actually happening in this world. So Mayor Hop is like a complete cunt. And she was like, just literally like Eddie Cibrian gets off the plane and she's like. He's boots like, are such an ongoing so you, the boots you learn he's a noob he's like very much not experienced in the ways of snow just like you learn in filmmaking class it all happens in the first scene like literally it all happens in the first scene so he's a new guy in town he has bag boots we're not quite sure what he's doing there and then we eventually after a thousand hours find out that he's like the new sheriff because we do flash to like a nice boot but like realistically like it's not a nice boot in terms of like I don't know anyone with like any sort of sense so like it's like a diesel shoe it's like a diesel brown leather shoe and and whenever they're like nice boots they flash the shoe and you're like oh thank you and I would not say like the average American would look at that shoe and be like lol like it's supposed to be it's supposed to be some joke about how he's not prepared for winter but it's not good because it's it's one thing if he was wearing flip flops and they were like oh like nice flip flops and he's like wait you don't wear these in the snow or like an Hermes shoe like if I'm like if it was if it was somewhere where literally sneakers come on put $100 more into the (laughs) shoe budget I would understand the joke but like it's just like weird non-committal joke got it he's got weird shoes so she's like it's New Year's Eve and you got to get some supplies in town if you want to if you want to be settled for the weekend because like so we get the idea lunacy you can only fly in and out of lunacy right because it's in Alaska and yeah. and it's called Lunacy. And, and like, 12 people live there. Literally 12 people live there. And what I love about this city, and I realized, like, I was lolling on the way when you got here. I was like, I just realized everyone in Lunacy is a who. And that is the yes. whole, like, journey of the story yep. is that there's 12 people in this town and they are all who's. Like, everyone knows exactly who they are. Like, it's a whole thing. No one, it's, the whole movie is just, like, a bunch of who's. And I also find, I really thought it was funny where uh, Lunacy has, like, a newspaper or, yeah. like, a newsletter like how what's the, the circulation lunatic? on this <laughs> it's called the lunatic what's the circulation like five like who is getting this newspaper well we know that we'll find out later in this movie that the guy who owns the newspapers bought it for three thousand dollars <laughs> i think he bought it for three thousand dollars he like, controls the media <laughs> these are the stakes in the movie is that literally it's like well three thousand dollars were moved between people back in the day like what happened at three thousand dollars and it's like 
You guys are like opening up a 15-year-old murder case over a $3,000 bank transfer. Like that's like, yeah, like I'm not going to lie. That's not an, you know, that's a large amount of money, but not like. Not mm. enough to murder That's not murder over. money. No, but in lunacy, apparently it is. Well, when no one com- ever comes in and no one ever comes out, like it's literally some Wonka shit. So, okay, ready? I have here. Okay. Okay. This is what I wrote. Okay. Oh, I went up. I write really severe notes. Yeah, no kidding. I'm realizing that. So, um, we, okay. So then she tells them, okay, she's like, we're going to go into, like, we're going to go to the hotel. We're not going to get any, any supplies, which, like, I thought was weird. I'm like, if I was him and I saw that, like, literally just existing here was strange, I'd be like, um, I'll stop and get a Dasani. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I'm good. Like, that's like the Hudson News of like, also, okay, how like you're desperate here, like, are they to like hire him? Like, do we ever really get there? They're so desperate. So, um, we don't even know what his job is yet, though. No, we don't. So then we learn that Eddie Cyprian's character is named Nate Burns. Um, right. And he is there to um, be the new sheriff in town. <laughs> we see immediately right now leanne rhymes and she's like i fucking the shit out of him in a red park right i mean it's funny because there's four people in the town and she's the hottest one clearly and every time he goes anywhere he sees her out of the corner of his eye and he's like they have a moment and you're like okay well here we go like this is the this is it but do you think like i fucking is nature because like i literally what all i could think when i was watching this was like how did she learn how to do that like i grew up in like liberal suburban massachusetts and i don't think i learned how to like flirt with a guy until i was like 21 22 23 and like here she is knowing how to fully eye fuck eddie sibrian in a land where she is the only woman who still gets her period i mean like, as that is- we know she and eddie have real life chemistry apparently enough to inspire a real life romance and marriage so there's got to be something there i mean if Everyone's a bad actor in this, but if anyone, if there's anything authentic, it's the uh, sexual chemistry between the two leads. Okay, so then Mayor Hop, true. Mayor Hop takes them to like the local, basically, it's the ho- like hotel slash like club slash like place to get dinner. There's like four buildings like- in the place, so it's yeah. one of them. And it's like it's like all of it because it's Lunacy, Alaska. So like you have one room to socialize, sleep. Meet your spouse, right. like do whatever. Sure. Um, and we find out that the room comes with the job and that Nate is the new sheriff in town. Like he's going to be the sheriff of lunacy. And like <laughs> Mayor Hop's like, don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone what happened to you in Baltimore. And everyone's like, what happened? Oh, what happened? And then we meet like Bing, like the angry local that like wishes he got the sheriff job, but he didn't get it. And Bing's like, just like grunts something at him and like Alaskan native tongue why didn't they give him the job i truly like this is a real stretch um i think bang was a drunk i think that (laughs) oh you're this is some backstory yeah uh uh-huh i think bang i think bang had a lot of problems some anger like i think that bang displayed the reasons in the moment we met him why he couldn't have been the sheriff uh because the first thing he said to nate was like some alaskan word in which, like, oh. that meant, like, you're a newcomer. Well, there's so some weird, like, a- Alaskan ethnic. They've written some of this into it, but they don't seem to want to fully commit. I don't think Nora Roberts, like, did a ton of research. And I don't think anyone, like, wanted to do a ton of research about actual Alaskan natives. They were just like, oh, uh, you know, throw some, like, throw that in there. She did a wiki skim. Like, like <laughs> it was not, like, she right. skimmed a wiki, like, at most. And so then... um. 
And Nate's like, maybe you should have hired Bang. And then, like, the mayor hop was like, no. Lunacy is too small to have the same people working for each other. Only an outsider can get the work we need done. The work we need. And at this point, it's like, there are four people in the town. So, basically, he's like a traffic cop. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And so, then we see Charlene, who's, like, literally panties in a bunch. Like, fu- like at the... She's working the desk. And, like, she's hot. Like... We find out she's a hot babe. She's Rosanna Arquette. And she's like way into Eddie Cibrian from the moment she sees him. She's just like a horny middle-aged woman. She's she's so horny. <laughs> like she is un- like, like uncontrollably horny. And um, then like basically Mayor Hop tells Nate like she's like, I hope you know what you got into. And she hands him the sheriff's badge. And this is where we like really learn what she's going to do. And she's like. So this is just like a wire sequel. Like he was in the like this is like the wire, and then this is what happens after the wire. Literally, all I kept thinking about was the wire. I was like, <laughs> this was like the episode of the wire where some guy pussied out like the second he heard one shot. This is like the spinoff this of the guy spin-off. who heard one shot that was like, I can't handle police camp. <laughs> Off to lunacy. So. Um, he sees Leanne from a window and she's like greeting a bulldog in a pickup truck and she like wants her so bad. So then Nate goes out. He's like downtown lunacy, like a soldier older guy at the desk. There's like, like one uh, social meeting area where they're having like a party or a dance or something. Right. Yeah. So, okay. But before this, we meet them. Like, I think they're called the Madison brothers, the Matson oh, brothers. Right. And they're local brothers who beat the shit out of each other. And I just wrote lunacy is crazy to see these guys fighting. You'd assume they fucked each other's wives. But then one brother says drunken master numb nut. And then the other one says rush hour, dude. And it turns out they're fighting over which one is the best Jackie Chan film ever made. Um, and um, just like casual. Combo. And then. Eddie sees Leanne again and she's like she's everywhere well there's only one road so she literally just has to walk up and down that road there's no other roads she's doing circles I'm still unclear oh she's a pilot that's right she's a helicopter pilot because like it's she's the only one who can like get up to the mountain or whatever totally so she's like I fucking him and then um, Nate Eddie Cibrian is like, yo, yo, you guys need to pay uh, the owner of the inn $100 for being a public nuisance. So he's like, linked. he like solves the problem. There's like a problem and he solves it, which is like, everyone's like, oh, damn, there's a new ch- ch- like chief in town. Literally. Sheriff it's, in town. Yeah. And it's it's Eddie Cibrian. So and like $100 is life changing to them. Like I mean, it's almost they're, rude. They're, like, they're so fighting over like it. a Jackie Chan movie. I don't understand why they have to like go to jail. They like get, you know, I think of this town as like a like a old timey Wild West where it's just one street and like every build. There's like four buildings. That's exactly right. Because Nate thinks that Operation Condor is Jackie Chan's best work. Like and he gets in the car and like maybe that's actually what he's like charging them for. So we go to the New Year's Eve party at the end and like oh, the right. brothers are like fighting each other. They're like, you know, palling around. Around. Right. People are drunk on champagne. Max Haubacher, who he greets him, he's from the Lunatic, the weekly paper. <laughs> he brings over Bing. Um, and he's like, yo, this is Bing. He's like, Bing's in the local scene. And then he turns over and he's like, um, yo, this is uh he's like, this is my other boy. Um oh shit. Sorry. 
The other guy's name is Walbrook. I mean, does this matter? These are all just like. I mean, it does matter. It does. They're they're who's, but they're like them's in this movie. Like he does matter. So like basically like, I don't know. There's more chatter about his boots. It's like pretty rough, like literally pretty rough. And he's like, this is this guy, Woolbrook. And like, I think his name is Woolbrook or Woodbrook. What's his name? He's super important in this town. They're just like filling space. You meet all these people one by one. You forget who they are the minute you meet them, essentially, because no one is interesting. But like the only thing in doing that, though, is that, Lindsay, you like lose sight of like who might be like, I don't want to say the word. The killer. Lindsay, I was going to say guilty. Like I was going (laughs) to say. The killer. <laughs> and he was the killer. The killer. No, his last name was um his last name was Wolcott. Okay, well, so he, Ed he's Wolcott. Like the older guy. Yeah, his, the actor's name is Greg Lawson. Let's see what else Greg Lawson did. Black Oh, he does like Is he a character actor? Ooh, he does well for himself. Character actor. Blackstone, Heartland. Klondike. What are these things? The things that he has multiple episodes on, like runs on. His first job ever, a TV movie called Probable Cause. His first big job in Cold Blood TV series. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's done well for himself. So we meet this guy. He seems to like murder. And this guy is like basically the Donald Trump of the equation where like he's literally at the Lunacy Alaska Hotel Bar New Year's Eve party in a tuxedo. And like that's supposed to distinguish him from the rest of the town. It's like he's rich. And then Liam Rhymes. Why he lives in Lunacy TBD. Who knows? Why is he there? Like I guess like. Old money. Old money probably. Also like literally unclear on generally anyone. Like why anyone anyone lives there. I mean outside of the two brothers that fight a lot. Like okay I get them. They're like towny fucks whatever. But even Liam Rhymes. I'm like honey get out of town. Like go do something. Well she has a reason to be there. Like you find out. Like she's there like waiting. We'll learn. Yeah. So then Meg is her name and she walks into um, just call her Leanne Rhymes. Leanne Rhymes walks into the bar and she's wearing like, this red dress and she's like killing it. And um, she like gets pulled away by Rosanna. Like Eddie gets pulled away by Rosanna Arquette and Rosanna Arquette's like, let's dance, baby. Yeah, because she's still horny for him. And she owns the hotel, so we're like, okay, totally makes sense. Yeah. And then, like, Leanne Rhymes, like, takes one look at this, and she's like, I'm leaving. And she, like, leaves. So then we go outside, and Eddie Cibrian's like, I can't leave her upset. So he goes outside, and she's, like, looking at the northern lights. Which is insane, because it's literally, like, a piece of paper with, like, green scribbles on it that they're looking at. I've never seen a more fake display. It looks like, uh, like a green screen, but, like, it's not even, I don't even want to give it as much compliment as a green screen could do for this production. The graphic effects in this movie live like solely on the next level. Yeah. Like they're insane. It's like it's an like out it of looks, control. It looks like a screensaver, but projected on like a piece of paper really big. It's cra- it, it, exactly right. It looks like a Microsoft screensaver. And they're both like looking in the general direction of it, but you can tell they're not quite sure where to look because it's like so poorly placed. Thank you. And they're like, wow, the Northern Lights. And he's like, I've never seen it before. And she's like, yeah. The director's like, just pretend there's a star yeah. state, like yeah. a starscape from 12 feet from here to 12 feet from there and look at anywhere in there. And so it's they're like- looking at this very romantic uh, display of... Uh, green uh, northern light vibes and she's fully drinking a bottle of champagne from the bottle and she's mm-hmm. like
Patriarchy. Which is like good point, actually. Good point. Like not liking champagne is not un-American. No, that's like a weird line to lead to the beer line, which is like a cliche. And like I'm dying to know, like I just like Meg's sassiness throughout this film. Like the whole deal is that Leanne Rhymes' character is like a sassy woman. Like she will put a cigarette out on your dick and not think twice. Like literally, like without thinking twice, she'll put a cigarette out on your dick kick you in the balls and that's a thank you for buying her a shot like that is her feminist like outlier town outlier like she is like the one that doesn't belong there the you know I mean her mom is also like supposed to be kooky and independent I think they're two kind of like so she says (laughs) so have you slept with my mother yet (laughs) Charlene and I have different values meaning I have them oh my god somebody already told you she's fucking rude I can't believe she calls her mom a slut she's Meg is ruthless. Yeah. So she goes. So she's referring to herself as yeah. a loner. Like yeah. Megan, Meg went into slut. herself because her dad left town. How many people are there even for her, her to fuck? A, okay. Her mom's a slut. Yeah. She's, like her mom. Right. Dark. She's there, like essentially owns a brothel. If we're talking about. This is literally what I'm saying is I'm like. Meg is the only character in this movie who realistically still gets her period. That's I'm not saying I'm not saying that as an age shame thing. I'm not saying that as anything else. I'm just saying like prospects in town. Yes. Like there are none. Meg. That's it. Like congratulations. You successfully liked Meg. The one person that can like like you can put your dick in other things. Right, but like you've uh, attract uh, you've attracted yourself to the one other person who has. I mean, it's biologically- very it's very traditional romance novel writing where there's no other people. Everyone else is a caricature, and there are two hot people, and they are the ones that end up together. Like that's it. That is just like a Nora Roberts. That is just the way that these stories are told. So we see the Northern Lights, and she's just like <laughs> these are dead people trying to contact their relatives. Oh my God. Moving on from the scene, all they right, just Meg. move on. Okay. So then it's a new day at work. Someone named Linda has called. Uh, the deputy is there to like talk about the situation. Nate is officially in the deputy's office, which is like in a log cabin because it's lunacy. Um, and so the two guys head out to Mount No Name, which is literally the name of the mountain. And um, they, they just forgot to like name it. Yeah, like two two like young teenagers have climbed Mount No Name. We still don't know who the person is from the beginning, mind you. We don't. So Eddie goes to a bunch of like log cabins. He like finds Meg, and he's like, "I need you to fly me to." Like, <laughs> and this the- is when you find out that she's the only helicopter pilot in town. So she goes. <laughs> The other pilot is in town. Oh. Don't be goony. Just ask me. So, like, basically, like, it's, like, literally, like, someone saying, like, I'm the only person who can, like, redirect your website to the H. Like, it's, like, her being, yeah. like, the local person yeah. that's only good at computers or anything right. else. It's, like, you're asking a favor. You know they have to do. It's dark. Uh, so she flies him up to the mountain, and she's purposely flying like an asshole just to make him sick. Um, which is like badass. She's like, she's like whatever. She's like doing like flips, like in like Alaskan mountains. Like meanwhile, it's like anything. flight simulator on your PC. It's like very weak. It's like two of them sitting in a box with like a green screen barely around them. So she, then she goes.
Do you so think that like, Leanne went method and like learned, took a helicopter lesson just like to practice? Like Romeo Hotel Yankee. Like I feel like this was like rye. <laughs> like I don't know what that means, but like I agree with it. Rye. Like rye. Do you think they let her like improv? They were like, go for it, Leanne. You Romeo studied. Hotel you studied the letters. Foxtrot. What are they? Like, I mean, I don't. What are they? Alpha, alpha, Foxtrot, beta. beta. No. There, there's like words for each of them. It's always Charlie. Like, oh, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know the rest of them. Delta. Yeah. They were just like, Leanne, we know you memorize them. Go for it. And what so she did it e? herself. Eagle? E- okay. I made that up. It's a question. I have no idea. So Meg is like pissed. And like she finds out that like the dead body that they found is like her dad. And she's like, we're, we're literally like 30 minutes into this dumb movie and we still don't know who the guy is. And then we find out it's her fucking dad. And like she sees her father's frozen dead corpse and she's like, he looks exactly the same as he did 15 years ago, which like I guess I didn't know Yikes. Ice was so good at keeping a corpse. Oh, yeah. No, whenever they discover like um, like uh, uh, Encino men. Oh, well, they're Encino always men. in I ice. Mean, I, look, I understand the science behind. Encino Let's talk about Encino Man here. That I can understand the science behind. Which is some fucking dead guy holding a beef jerky frozen yes. in a mountain. Yes. I didn't know. Okay. They're going to unfreeze him in a, th- in a million years and he will eat Cheetos with Polly Shore and Encino Man. So then we find out that Mike Galligan, her father, <laughs> his body was found outside of town. So they need to transfer the case. And then Nate. Eddie Cibrian has to fight back and he's like, no, I'm going to do it. He's like, right. my, the evidence of this case is like in my gut. I can solve this with my gut. It's kind of amazing. Like every uh, movie feels like and everything is unrealistic in every way. There's no fact checking except for this one thing where they're like the FBI comes in because it's a murder and they try and take the case because like FBI does murder and like local police doesn't do murder. I know. It's like, and oh, like- now you're doing the fucking research to see who does the murder. Thank you. OK. And like Thank literally... You. His his all like his argument to this is like, no, no, no. I know it in my gut. And they're like, like okay, know, guy. It's, like, it's in my gut. And then like I just wrote like no one knows what happened in Baltimore. That's literally no. like no one knows. No. So the sergeant tells we don't him know. like you're in lunacy now and that's not how things work here. And so Nate like gives the case away to the sergeant. <laughs> then we see like Patricia Arquette. Drinking with the teacher who came here 22 years ago. Do you love the teacher who came here 22 years ago? I could not remember who this person is. Okay, so he was the last person who came to town before Nate. And he arrived 22 <laughs> years ago. And he's the school teacher. And okay. he's like this guy that looks like, I don't know, standard issue, like child pornographer. Holder. Yeah, like, yeah, he just, yeah. Like, it's, not like mu- it's not like mustache. Like How glasses. was the last person before Nate to come to town 22 years ago? Like, what? Um, because someone had to teach the school, Lindsay. <laughs> Who's even in the school? No, no, Who are even the kids? This is my question. I said, you have one girl and then these two brothers Who? that, like, beat the shit out of each other. Who's like, making children? Yes. How literally did this girl learn how to fly a plane when her education consisted of these two people being her, like, it's just, it's nothing. So school teacher, uh, Patricia, nope, uh, the other Arquette, Rosanna Arquette, her talking, and she then she finds out her husband... Uh, was dead and didn't leave her without telling he left and went on a thing and died because that was the whole thing is that like meg hates her mom because she's like charlene's a whore like my dad left my mom's a slut like this is my whole story and then charlene's like i didn't need to be a slut he was dead the whole time right she thought she got left like he loved her 
and they Loved. and they're like, oh, like this is so sad. My dad actually loved my mom, and then died on a mountain, was murdered on a mountain. I've been a bitch home. this whole time for no reason. Like, cause she cause her Lee whole life up until this point is like a total bitch. Like, literally, I'm just saying, just it's sad. It's like, sad. She's mean. She has a hard edge. Yeah, no, it's sad. I wouldn't accept it from a man or a woman. And the mayor hop <laughs> makes a speech the next day to the entire town. It's like 22 people, and she's like. Hey, I mean, there was no evidence to the to the contrary. No one went looking for him. No one looked for him once. This guy like died. Clearly, he was kind of a piece of shit. If no one went looking for him, they assumed he just left. His name was Pat Gilligan, or what was it? I have to find Mm, out what it is. I have no idea. It was. uh, It was. It was a Gilligan. So he froze on the mountain after he was stabbed, and everyone just thought he was a deadbeat dad. So honestly, next time before you assume um, somebody's a deadbeat dad, maybe you should like at least call the police. Oh, they don't have police. No, literally, they have Nate, and like, but he came twenty-two years later. This is like literally the worst part of it. Is it's like. This uh, is the worst part of it. That a toward no this yeah yeah Lindsay <laughs> a nail on that this right here no this is actually the most frustrating part storytelling wise is that all the details come out so you're literally like why didn't anyone ask a question until like three quarters of the way through and you're like one eight year old child could come in here and ask the question that would blow the lid. I mean, they haven't had a sheriff in a hundred years, apparently. <laughs> like Nate is the first sheriff. Like, so he's the only one who's like, mm, like emoji thinking face. Maybe we should like get some evidence and like solve a crime. Exactly right. So then <laughs> like Nate, for some reason, like, OK, Nate goes to the teacher for some uh, reason. And is basically like, hey, are you fucking Charlene? And like he moves on. And he's like, I'm not in. Tr- I don't want to know the answer. And then he's like, look, Pat was charming and reckless. He, like if he asked you to do this is what the teacher says. Oh, OK. And then Nate like thinks about this. So he's Nate's like, like, oh, a motive for murder, like qu- thinky face forever, dot, 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 like, like takes out a, takes out like a, one of those magnifying glasses and like moves it away from his eyeball five times. 100%. Like he's getting that Smokes detective work done. Like, and, and like literally meanwhile in Baltimore. Literally. <laughs> we still don't know what happened in Baltimore. Like literally all of Baltimore is burning down and he's like, well, I think I have a lead at this. Like Nate wouldn't, he wouldn't have lasted a day in Baltimore. Uh, not his ending was not surprising. When do they have sex? So, oh, not for a while. Oh my God. So, which is uh, also crazy. Like you need to lead with sex. Like this is a romance. Like I'm sure Nora Roberts wrote the sex earlier on. I got to say that. So like basically Nate's like, just like, oh, like this pack guy doesn't sound like much of a husband. John's like, he, um, oh, like Leanne Rives and Charlene were, uh, or he and uh, Charlene were never married. Words of advice, chief. Things happen in lunacy that seem one way, but they usually aren't. 
So oh my god. Then Nate goes, like Eddie Zabran goes to Leanne Rhymes' house, and there's an older Native American man. There. Yes, this is the worst. This is like the worst. Yeah, and she's like, This is Where Jacob. did he come from? <laughs> Literally, like one day my massage like, therapist who like lives in Arrowhead and crashes on my house some- I'm at my house sometimes when he's doing a like Massage and La Cunada Flint Ridge for very rich people. <laughs> so you can relate is what you're saying. Yeah. And so like I'm like and one time I had someone come over to my house and they were like, hey, I'm really glad you guys found each other. Like meaning me and my massage yeah, therapist. And I'm yeah. like, do you think we're in a romantic relationship? I mean. That's exactly what this was. So Jacob is like the other pilot in town and like right. he had heard of Nate and he is like, Jacob's like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Pat Gilligan got what he deserved, and Meg and Jacob hug again. Uh, there's like a hug reason between Meg and I don't know what that is. They're a like hug hugging. reason. There's like a hug. <laughs> they reason. hug for a reason. They're like, oh, they're friends, dear. They're like, oh, frozen guy. Like sad. they're friends. It's very strange. They give um, this like native. American man or like what's his name this like Jacob Jacob. they they give him like weirdly like magic tendencies it's like super weird and random and somewhat racist that he just like appears out of the snow and like brings her like takes care of her maybe he can like heal unclear I know it's very unclear it's weird and so when they hug Meg's dog Rocky gets upset for a second and um, then Jacob leaves and Nate's like Right, which is important because it's true. Yeah. So Meg's like, I mean, why actually, I don't there? know why I'm saying yeah. Not all. I don't know, like, why Meg is like, yes, fair point. No, fair point. The killer is in lunacy because, like, first of all, who would have motive to kill her father outside of lunacy? You cannot get in and out of lunacy without. Right. That's more of the like because of the helicopter thing. So like, it had to be like somebody with access to like the a heli- small, yeah. a small aircraft. Sure. So, um. And then Meg's like... Like, basically, we learn that Meg's father is totally, like, a reckless guy out of control. Right. And then right. they go to the smash zone. 
They, oh, so this is my favorite line because she's like wild and on her period, unlike anyone else. Um, and she's no, like she's super. She's still her. She's on exists. it always. She's super horny, just like her mom. It runs in the family, and she says to him. And then Nate goes, I appreciate the offer. It's low in fat. Like, where in her personality would she ever say that? Because there's so much dieting going on in lunacy, Alaska. It's, like, not a thing. Like, it's not a joke that this person would ever make. Like, as if you've met anyone in 22 years that you need to have a bikini body for, slash also lunacy is only apparently inhabited in summertime. Like... If you go to Lunacy, Alaska in the summer, you're a monster. Like, please don't listen to this podcast. Like, shut this down. Throw your phone out the car I mean, window. Also, I'm done with it's you. just not a real place. So if you go there, like, good luck to you. Like, which is like also who like goes to Alaska. Okay, so anyway, so, so she's like have like, sex with me. He's like, Avi, yeah, you're the only other human in town that like I could maybe have sex with aside from your mom. And he's like, will you put on that red parka? So, like, uh, he had been fantasizing about the red parka. Oh, because he saw her first in the red parka, and he yeah. was horny for the red parka. So they were about to, like, do it. And he goes, do you do this to all the guys? Oh, yeah. All the, 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 all the, the last guy that came here 22 years ago, she also fucked him. The two brothers that fought <laughs> over her while they fucked her, maybe. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm really selective. And then they walk off camera making out. Her dog, wa- Rocky, is watching them on the couch. Um, and the button on the swe- scene is like, the button on the scene is her sweater hitting the dog's face. Oh, yeah. Like, she's like taking it off. Which like it made me feel bad for the dog. Like what is the like, dog is a pawn in this movie. Also. Like some PA just like doing that shot, like throwing <laughs> throw the sweater. sweater at the dog, throw the sweater at the dog. OK, one more time with the sweater on the dog. No, we, that didn't hit his face correctly. One we, more time with the sweater on the do- sit treat. Someone bring in a treat. OK, he's getting tired. OK, sweater on the dog. Sweater Can we bring in another dog, please? Can we get the second get dog? Like, second okay. dog, thank you. The, the first dog died. <laughs> no, the first dog is actually out on another film right now. We have to bring in a second, second dog, dog thank for you. the cardigan to hit its face. It was so bad. Is this, and, and they, they, they make love, and it's like very close shot on like skin touching skin, and like the light is, is very like honey. Honey yeah. light. It's like you guys classic fell in, lifetime sex. They fell in love. They fell in love. Um, Do so, you think they fell in love in real life when they had to like fake the sex scenes and then they became real sex scenes and everyone was really uncomfortable on set? Well, okay. So like I thought about this because like Brandy Granville is like kind of a pisser, and then like Leanne Ryan, uh, Leanne Rhymes' character in this movie is kind of a pisser. Like I know like like Eddie Cibrian is like. Kind of blown away, but so he like, was horny by the role play. I think he's like Whoa. kind of into like the yeah. Whoa, I think he's into like a sub <sighs> mode, and like basically, like when Brandy was at home taking care of his kids, <laughs> like that wasn't dominant enough for him. I mean, men are men are trash, so like <laughs> I'm not surprised at like any of this happening. I mean, like. He basically touched his like flesh colored thong to her flesh colored thong or whatever they wore during this fake sex scene and was like, all right, like time for me to leave my wife for this, this country crooner turned lifetime actress. Yeah, it's like, it's not right. I mean, this whole scene is just weird. So fucking anyway, Max, a reporter is drinking alone at the town bar. (laughs) Back to the story. Oh, no, he's at his office alone. He's at the lunatic. Oh, this is great. Yeah. 
He's drinking alone. And then he says to like a shadowy figure, you said he fell. I agreed to keep my mouth shut for the money because I thought it was an accident. Oh, my God. But you killed him. And I'm a part of that. And then there's gunshots and Max is dead. Who's going to run the fucking lunatic? Literally, who's running the lunatic? The circulation is like at least seven people who's going to like write the articles and do the crossword. The lunatic's a really good like high school newspaper. It really is. I mean, there's no one in this town who needs a newspaper. Like, what are they reporting on? Like, how many people like Charlene fucks or whatever? Charlene, what's her name? TV they have. Yeah. Like, let alone read the local circulation. No, it's crazy. So, this journalist, the one guy in town who somehow has like an office for the one newspaper that the newsletter that he circulates, it's like the Trader Joe's has like a bigger like newsletter than this newspaper. Anyways, they finally get a big story, this murder, and he dies before he gets to report it. Meg discovers his body and he's holding the gun at his desk. And then Bing, suspiciously, (laughs) and like Bing, I need to drive home. Bing is like the biff of Back to the Future, like vibe wise, like you're like, ooh, I don't trust. Yeah, don't no, trust Bing, Bing is the red herring. It's like, oh, Bing is like the like suspicious butler who like holds a gun behind his back the entire movie, and you're like, ah, he did it. That guy did it. He did it. Exactly. It's misdirection. Let me tell you. So Max has a um, note on his computer typed up that says, "I can't live with. I can't live any longer. Forgive me. I killed Pat Galligan. <laughs> now I'll join him in hell." <laughs> So the deputy is like, I'll call He's the a fucking guys. journalist. So he really had to go all out on that one. I'll join him in hell. <laughs> like, can you imagine like finding Bobby with like a note on his like, <laughs> what would Bobby have to do for his I'd final be like, note? Bobby didn't write this because if he wrote a note, it would have like a bad joke about like Meryl Streep in it. Like it wouldn't be like it wouldn't. And it would come like with a like a soundtrack cue would be like play this and then you'd have to read it this is dark (laughs) so um basically the widow's like sobbing her eyes out and the widow we'd met on new year's eve and like she's like remember her she's like yeah so like basically i don't know whatever skip past all this this is all stupid um Basically, like, everyone's like, Max never would hurt a person. He never did anything. Max is fine. Um, Meg reveals, she said that Max taught her to dance so that she wouldn't look like an asshole at her first school Now we have two murders. Like, it got crazy up in here. And he would also let her cheat at Monopoly as a child, which I thought was, like, a very sweet detail. Very Secondary dad. Like, everyone in that town is either her dad or, like, a man she fucked. Exactly. So then Meg is like, asking Nate what's wrong and he's like yeah I know it's wrong I know what it's like to lose someone and Meg's like well if you want to open up about it then I don't know what to like you just need to shut up and he's <laughs> like which is insane to me so like basically this Dialogue. guy comes to town Dialogue. like literally is minding his own fucking business does nothing and literally everything out of Meg's mouth is like well I can't tell you what kind of like shampoo I use unless you tell me like your details. And so basically what we learn is that Nate's partner in Baltimore. Oh, it's great. Like got shot. It's great. In The Wire. It was like, okay, so like basically. Season 14 of The Wire, episode 12, Nate's partner, TK, got shot. So Nate, his wife was like fucking some guy. Okay? Yeah. And then Nate was like, hey, I want to get like wild with my my partner. Yeah. like I guess like in like. Cops never have any friends beside their partner. Like, if you don't have your partner, like, who do you have? Yeah. And so Nate gets, like, 
wants to get wasted. He calls up his partner and he is like, hey, we have to go get wasted. And his partner's like, yes. And then they get to the bar and there's two like drug dealers fighting in a Baltimore alley. Like, and Nate's like, you know what? My wife just left me. Let's just like keep walking towards us. Nora Roberts watched four episodes of The Wire and like wrote this. Nora Roberts like, you know, visited Baltimore. Like, no, Nora Roberts was literally like, where do people die unnecessarily? Baltimore. Yeah. Like, that's literally how yeah. she came to the conclusion. Yeah. So she. So the whole story with Nate's th- like whole situation is that like his partner died because Nate wanted to get drunk at a bar because his wife was cheating on him, which also takes the guilt off Nate's. So there's really no guilt. All the guilt is on the whore ex-wife of Nate's, which we never hear again or learn about. The whore ex-wife. And like literally that's the whole thing. Right. It's so like it's if bad, it wasn't no. for the whore ex-wife, yeah. like everyone then, would like, still be alive. how did he get killed? The part. What happened? So they like go to the bar to get drunk to like relieve, right? And being cheated on or whatever. Sure, sure. Gorilla time. Sure. And then, like, there's some drug dealers in the alley because it's Baltimore. And then he and dies. then they decide to walk toward it. Oh and Nate's God. like, whatever. I want to well, get drunk cops. anyway. I mean, so then they cops. go into the they go to the bar, but they're in plain clothes, Lindsay. Because like, trust <sighs> me, I thought about this. I was like. Maybe they just wanted to shoot them because they were cops. I'm like, no, they were in plain clothes. But they're bold because they're cops. Maybe. They're like, we have to fight crime. So he got murdered and Nate got shot in the leg. And and they were like. There's a bullet wound scar that's like a whole. Sexy. That's in the sex scene. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So basically Nate says he had to leave Baltimore because the ex-wife of his partner like he can't face her yeah because he like feels bad he never like essentially apologized he never spoke to her since so skipping forward skipping forward the big secret is revealed and it's very boring yeah it's boring so then nate stacks wood with her dog and like (laughs) nate pulls up and he's like I love that like the case is closed because the other guy confessed and yet he's still like trying to solve the case. What a typical what a typical murder mystery. And like I love that like I don't care anymore because I'm like oh you're bringing I've never even seen Star Wars so I don't care. Like I just don't care. But you know it's like that's the bad guy so you're like who's the bad guy who did it. got it. Bad guy like mm, like, hang up the phone. I do not care. I mean thank God nothing else happens in the town so that they can like you know solve this keep trying to solve this murder that has already essentially been solved. Meg literally is like, you're not serving justice. The journal says Max didn't do it. And he's like, the journal proves that your dad was high in like Star Wars. Right. The journal proves that your dad likes Star Wars. Okay. And like his dad Like every other doing, American like, male. Apparently they've been doing speed. And that's like right. something to keep in mind. Is okay. that, that Leon Rimes' dad and... He's a bad boy. The other guy. And then who the other guy, they were all on speed. Right. So then the next day... Bing and Woodcott, the guy in the tuxedo, and Bing, the guy who's like 
the local yokel. He's Suspicious. like the sus. They're fighting in the street, oh and God. Nate's like, "What's going on?" And Woodcott's like, "I found some fishing gear in Bing's truck." So a oh, Woodcott <laughs> had come in, like when, or Rollcott had come in right when um, the body of the dead dad had been discovered. And he's like, "My fishing gear is missing." Right, like solve this crime. And then, like, he was so. Those upset. are the crimes that you he's know. Like, he's like, my fishing gear is missing. It was like, who pathetic. cares? Yeah. So anyway, like fishing gear drama, whatever. This is like so Alaska. So we're down at the station, just Alaska things, just Alaska things. And Bing is like, I was just trying to get like my rifle out of my truck. Oh, so Bing, like, oh, this is so great. So, oh, is it? Yeah. So like, Bing is like at being asked by Nate, the local police, why he has stolen fishing gear in his truck and Bing in responses pulls a rifle out of his truck. Just like very loaded media. Like I have to say, I was just like, I was like, this is a lot. Like literally like 13 person town. Bing pulls a rifle out on all the cops. Like a lot of this movie is people putting, shoot and kill him. A lot of people on site. is like, pu- like pulling guns out on cops. That's like a big thing. If that, this was this 2016, movie. he would have lost his life for sure. Um, so we're moving forward, moving forward. None of this matters. Pat Galligan, fabulous. So Meg shows Nate a box of pictures, okay? And they were supposed to be taken in like the 80s and 90s. And they're like the worst prop vintage photos ever in which they literally yeah. they were all printed out at CVS yesterday. Like photoshopped in, like poor Patricia Arquette's face, young face. Like, like- Weren't pictures from, like, even when we were in high school, like, weren't they, like, of a small size and the the corners were a little different? No, that was, like, <laughs> I'm joking, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... It just felt different. It's weird. It's, like, weird. These are very high res, like, very, like, these are pictures that were supposed to be taken last week and they're super high res. They're, like, I'm photoshopped like, into, the, into the film, like, it's, essentially. It's crazy. And, like, I didn't even... I don't even want to believe that. I just want to believe that they took pictures of these actors that were yeah. male. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yes. so Meg is like, um, yeah, it's just the worst prop vintage photos ever. And then he finds an old picture of Mayor Hobb. And Mayor's, and, and Meg is like, oh, yeah, um, that's her husband with her that died a few years ago. He was the mayor, and then she took over. Yes, that's how it works. And then Meg points That's to how picture- politics works, as we know in our just- modern politics. Yeah. Like Hillary Clinton. We're living it. Yeah. So then Meg takes a picture of Woodcut out and she's like, oh, yeah, this guy's always been lame. Uh, and then she hands like a picture of Bing to him. She's like, this is when he started his tow company. He's like, what year did this happen around? She's like, I don't know, 1994. And like, that's like the year that everything happened in this town. It's like crazy. So I wrote, for some reason, she has a box of pictures of everyone in the town. Like, that's the Mackey brothers, John, etc. Meg said she can't believe one of the people in this box killed her dad. I mean, there's um, only 10 people in the town. So really, there isn't, you know, just process of elimination. One just, you know, died. So we're down one. It has to be one. So then she's like, okay. So then she finds out that her dad was probably gambling in Anchorage that day. <laughs> like, he has a gambling problem. Yeah. And, like, Charlene always had to pick up the pieces after his gambling. And, like, um, for years they've been fighting about why God, she should have left. Him. Like, Meg and Charlene all... Charlene should have killed him. She should have killed sure. him. Yeah. That should have been the ending. And, like, their whole relationship as mother-daughter has been, like, broken up over the years because, like, they both blame themselves for the dad leaving right turns out 
Meg says to Nate, it has nothing to do with us. This has never been us all along. Meg starts reading her dad's journal and cries. He talks about how much he misses her. He wants to hold her hand. Oh, my God. He writes, she's my possibility. Oh, man. Then they like, fuck. Right. And then not her and her dad. He's dead. Probably like those. Her and Eddie Cibrian. She's spiritually fucking her dad through. Oh my God. That's so. You know what I mean? Yes. No, totally. She fucks Eddie Cibrian. Yeah. And then someone else's husband. Again. Nate uh, wakes up and he tells Meg, he's like, I was married. And he's like, my wife was cheating on me. We go through this whole deal. He tells her the truth about Baltimore. Yeah. Finally. Oh, this is the bomb. So, like, literally after they fuck, she gets up and makes a grilled cheese for him. Do you remember this? No. Okay. So she gets up. Okay. And Such she a makes bat. a grilled Such cheese a- sandwich for him. And I just wrote, cute. Cute. As he eats it, she rubs his bullet wound. So, like, she's referring to, like, the grilled cheese sandwich. I just love that they've been, like, fucking for weeks. Uh, and, like, they haven't been out in public. And there's, like, four people. You know, it's like, where do you even go, I guess? Everyone knows in the town what's happening. Like well, the movie, like, the lunacy movie theater is something that I could spend hours talking about. Like, how the movies get to them. What they watch. Like, it's almost like in Pretty Little Liars where they only have a throwback theater. And I'm like... Do you have anything outside of a dollar theater that shows no, black and white vintage no. films? Also, like, you don't think that everyone in the town doesn't know that you two are fucking. You're the only ones, like, of the same age and attractiveness. Like, enough. Oh, absolutely. By far. So, Meg throws out date ideas, and she's like, we could go to a movie, or knit socks, or regret the bathroom. That's always fun. Uh, wow. What a fun, she's what a, fun a conversationalist. Girl. Yeah. So, they're like... He tells her the truth and then he asks her on a date after they have sex and it's like very modern 2016 uh, romance. And so for some reason right now, like someone like, okay, so like the bar, the dog's not barking and then like that makes Nate say, so Max (laughs) bought the paper after your dad disappeared. Max meaning like the guy who owned the lunatic. This is such a stupid part. Oh my God. I can't wait this part. And Max's like, yeah, I guess he came into some money. And Nate's like, from where? And Meg's like, I don't know. Looks like I better start doing my job before someone else gets killed, which is like weird. What? Like, like literally all of a sudden the question of him buying, literally for $3,000, he bought this paper. So then Nate is questioning John in town. And I think John's the teacher. And he's like. Right. That's the next suspect. Because again, seven people in the town who's next on the list. I mean, he has like a notepad with all their names written on it. So we crossed one out. Time to go to the next one. And like Nate's like, why did you leave lunacy for a month in the summer of 94? Oh my God. And John's like, you ever teach middle school? Which I was like, 
True, John. True. Yeah. I was like, say no more. Like literally, needed if I a vacay. Middle school yeah. for one day, I would be on a plane out of lunacy. Like you don't in even Alaska. Know. Like me going back would be the more questionable thing. When does the bear show up? It's all. Oh my god. We're close. We're we're getting close. Jeez. So, um, Nora, drawing this out. He goes to uh, Woodcott, the guy in the tuxedo, and he's like, hey, hey. He's like, I heard you installed a new bank vault in 1994. Where did that come from? And Woodcott's like, he's still I don't appreciate. investigating. I can't give it up, man. Woodcott's like, I don't appreciate the speculation. And it's like, mm, okay. So, and like, I bought him the whole time. I'm like, he doesn't appreciate the speculation. <laughs> He doesn't appreciate this. Yeah, he doesn't appreciate it. So then like Hoppy, who's who's Hoppy? Okay. Oh, Mayor Hop. (laughs) I like that in your notes, you became so chummy with them that you changed it to Hoppy. But like, I know Hoppy. Yeah. Well, my boy Hoppy, my girl. It's a girl, right? I write. Yeah. Mayor Hop is a girl. But like I write a lot of these in my iTunes notes. So they become like very spell checked. Yeah. Like, so they're so you are like spelling out Hoppy. Exactly. So Hoppy's like <laughs> uh you think I climbed up there and put an ice pick in his chest and he's like maybe your husband did and she's like that's a filthy thing to say about a man you never knew and Nate's like I didn't know Galleon either. You did. So there's like all this suspicion oh around my him. God. Basically, we learn like the entire town hates him. Then we go to Meg and This Nate. murder is ripping everyone apart. And I mean, like we're being very like surface about this. If you go into this movie, there's like way too many like checking in with everyone about their feelings throughout yeah. the entirety yeah. of this film. It's mostly just checking in with people about their feelings. No, about- it's very like playing a game of Clue and like learning everyone's motives a thousand times it's like okay let's go to the next one let's go to the next one it's it's a very like basic murder mystery where you like know everyone's issues on it's a pe- on a card murder, she wrote like literally very. you hear the murder she wrote like theme coming very. through like but you know scenes. angela lansbury would have solved this murder in like half the time that this like inept uh de- want dean kane wanted jessica be. fletcher's boot hits the snow she would have known like, it I'm, i know yeah they're she in, yeah she would have like immediately known the answer to this no one would have had to die so liam rhymes is like can you do a favor for me oh and eddie's God. eddie cyprian's like does it have to do with lotion what Love. what uh, and she's like i'm leaving town for a couple days to help my mom and i need a dog sitter uh so oh wait Prior to that, they had gone on a date and John the Creepy Teachers in the front row of the movie theater. And it's like, literally, like, it's... like What a was and- playing? I don't remember. It seemed like some sort of, like, in, in these movies, especially if it's, like, anything Warner Brothers adjacent, it's always, like, these grown-ass adults are going to watch Looney Tune films. Right. I, it would be cool if they were seeing, like, another Lifetime movie. Right. Oh, my God. If they would have been like, meta. Going to watch, like, yes, exactly right. Completely right. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to, like, pitch a Lifetime film because I don't even want to say what they would have been watching. <laughs> but um, they go on this date, and then, like, he's, like, uh, they're... Leanne's like, I don't want to talk about murder tonight. Like, let's just enjoy our date. Anyway, I don't want to talk about murder tonight. She asks him to dog sit. He does. Yes. And so then they're at the police station and Woodcott's like, uh, you know, he's there. He's accusing Bing of stealing his shit. Nate's like, Woodcott, fuck off. It could have been anyone. 
And then, like, Nate's like, whatever. Like, it was in the middle of town. No one would have tried that. Oh, because after the movie date, this is so important. After This is, is disturbing. Yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay, it is. Okay. They leave their movie date, and there's a dog stabbed to death in the middle of town. Oh, my God. You're right. I forgot about that. There's a dog. And she thinks it's her dog, but it's not her dog. It's not her dog. Like, everyone thinks it's It's her an dog. irrelevant there's a, dog. There's a... Okay. Well, no. It was the dog of the two brothers that were found the dead body in the snow. Right. The irrelevant dog. You think that's irrelevant? I mean... Okay, so anyway, it's a fucking dead dog in it's the snow. It's not a dog we've met before, I'll tell you that. And Nate's just basically like, Wolcott would have never murdered, Bing would have never murdered a dog in the middle of town. It makes no sense. What? Okay. It makes no sense. Like, sure. Everyone's in the movie. Right. You gotta make the sure. entire town and surrounding towns. Sure. To fly Who in. would murder a dog in the middle of town? Oh, also big part is that Meg loves the book Little Prince and then her dad read it to him. Very unique. A very unique, um, a very unique character trait of Meg like no one else has. Seriously. So like, so Meg and her mom are like low key at this like, I don't know, waterfall, like dumping his ashes into the waterfall and they recite a part of Little Prince and like whatever and then he's dead. It must and- be very easy to get the rights to like recite a Little Prince in a movie. I'm just saying. It must be expensive. Like, this whole movie seemed expensive to right. me. There was no like, I don't know. Sometimes like in the Jodi Arias movie, we got like a full blown Evanescence song. And I was like, how much is no. that? That's like half the budget. They're like, we're going to sing our dad's favorite song at the funeral. And it's like the happy birthday song. Because it's like, that's oh, no, free. Happy birthday is a million dollars. No, not anymore. It's Oh, it isn't? Yeah, they lost. They like got rid of the copyright. Oh my God, mm-hmm. really? Oh my Crazy. God. All my scenes for everything I'm ever going to write is just happy birthday. It should always be happy birthday. Like when they're slow dancing. Like happy when, <laughs> like the New Year's party, everything yeah. is just happy birthday. Suddenly. All compromised happy birthdays in all movies throughout history. So then so um, they sing his favorite song, the happy birthday song, and quote the little prince and the Bible. That's free too, right? The Bible? Yes, the Bible's free. Uh-huh. And then we find out that Nate cannot feed Rocky. Uh, oh, the, the dog. dog. The dog looks like, still alive. And Nate's like, I don't care if you starve. What? Uh, and so then. Rude. I know. And then so Jacob comes and knocks on the door and he's like, you're right. Someone flew up Pat. uh, Someone flew Pat up to the mountain. Guy's name was Paul Simon. Who? And Nate's like, like the singer. And he's like, yeah. Good joke. It's like, how do I get in touch? with? Good joke. That's a good joke. And like, here's my question. That's my favorite type of joke. It's like, that's a good joke. They didn't need to do it. That's a good joke. Is this a good joke? That's a good joke. I love in movies when somebody has the name, the same name as a famous person. Like all of The Bachelor this season when someone was named James Taylor. Oh, I love that. You I love it. it? Love it. It's okay, a good like, gag. Literally, I look at this and I'm like, this is an unnecessary name. Call out. Like you can do, like you only get a few. <laughs> like of- the singer and then it just moves on. <laughs> like the singer. I love it. I'm laughing at it now. Yeah, literally. Exactly. <laughs> I love like it. A relatable joke. Yeah. Okay. So Paul goes, Simon, like the singer. And Nate says,
This is the stakes. These are the stakes. I can't believe we're still like on this journey and we're still learning more about this stuff. Like, did the people forget stuff? When did they learn? Like, Nate goes, ugh. Max came into $3,000 in 1994. Three, oh, $3,000 exactly. That okay, means cool. That Max killed him for the money or someone else on the mountain did and got the 25 grand and paid Max to keep quiet. And my gut is telling me it wasn't Max, which means the killer is still out there. Oh my God. Like, we're talking about movies. The stakes are someone got murdered for $3,000. Stuff's cheap in lunacy. It a night at the well Charlene be- brothel is like, at, you know, like $25 a it night. It could be up there. Like, it might as well, for me, <laughs> for my mental health, it could have, it should, could have and should have been $300. Like, I would, ex- I would understand that so much more. I mean, you would think actually it'd be more expensive because they're in the middle of nowhere and everything has to be flown in. So it's actually at a premium. Exactly. Instead, these people are killing each other over $3,000 fucking dollars. I've heard it's really expensive to live in Alaska. Yeah. And like Hawaii because everything is imported. Yeah. This is bullshit. It's like this Raise is like the insane. stakes, Nora Roberts. Maybe they didn't raise the money because of inflation. They forgot to like add it in the script. Oh, I always wonder if they do that. They're like, let's think about the median viewers monetary oh so three thousand three thousand dollars would be a lot for like whoever they're trying to attract to watch this movie like i mean like i'm not gonna put out like what i my imagery like what i yeah but, like, what would you $3, kill for dollars is <laughs> basically what would you kill for is what i'm saying not three thousand dollars but what would it be for the average median viewer <laughs> of this film that's like deeply compelled i would say three thousand dollars is a lot of motivation i mean like, yeah, no, you could definitely pay rent for. You a could pay rent for honestly. Year. When I found out that Catherine from Southern Charms, fucking, we Ala- okay. Catherine where are we? From, we're gonna just Catherine yeah. from Southern. Sure. Charms okay, we're somewhere else. Was going to make her her alimony stood to be twenty one hundred dollars, and then when Thomas, he was paying for her entire home rental. It was inflated to thirty one hundred. I basically the math on Catherine's rent is six hundred. It was he was going to give her twenty five, and then it went to thirty one. Her entire rent on an entire home, larger than the house I live in right now, is six hundred dollars. Where Charleston. is where where does Southern Charm take place? Charleston, South Carolina. Well, I guess we're going to Charleston, South Carolina for six hundred dollars, and for it's beautiful a there. Multi home house where it's gorgeous, culturally rich, and then in goddamn lunacy, Alaska, <laughs> they're murdering over three thousand. Like that's insane. <laughs> You, yeah, goddamn lunacy Alaska. Six months of your life in Charleston, South Carolina equals like, I don't know, 20 years in lunacy Alaska. It's crazy. So, so $3,000 must kill money. That's murder money. So this is great. So then like John like pays. Okay, so Nate pays a visit. Where to, even are we? To John's house. Okay. Okay. And. He knocks once, like on the door, and John doesn't answer. Yeah, and he just like lets himself in, and like that doesn't seem do know, legally allowed. And not only is it not legally sound for a police you officer, need a warrant. it's just like a, it's rude. It's very rude, especially in lunacy, where people obviously keep their doors open, right? And like we find out that John is a little bit of like a photo head. Like he has like all frame photos of everyone in town. During no, I don't various like it. I don't like it. More bad mantle. vintage photos of people. So bad. And like also like I don't know. Like I don't. I don't even have a, like a framed photo of me and Ed in my house. And we've been best friends for thirteen years. Like imagining like literally being like. 
here's the guy that like pours my beer at the Moose Tavern in Glendale. Like that would be a very sad thing if you walked into my house and that was a framed photo I had. And that's all John had. If you lived house. in Charleston and paid six hundred dollars a month for your rent, maybe you would have photos of your neighbors and friends. Or Glendale or Lunacy. Yeah. Uh so basically we learn like whatever. <laughs> he has all these frame photos. He's and a then creep. Nate's like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna be friends with Leanne Rhymes' dog. Okay. So he like tries to be friends with the dog. And then um Meg says to the dog, Hey, get out of here and let me have a whack at him. And then she fucks Nate. <laughs> and then um she's like, I bought you a gift on vacation. And she pulls out the gift that she got him in their gigantic ass snow boots. And oh she, my god, this joke, this boots joke has been ruminating. Oh my god! So then she gives him a big Ugh. pair of boots, and yeah. he lulls because like they're finally like a well fitted pair of boots for the situation. And she goes, "Hey, don't mock my booty call." Oh no. Which is like a good joke for her character. I'm still thinking about the Paul Simon joke. You're still thinking about Paul Simon? Yeah. You think it's better than Booty Call? When she gives him boots? For Meg, sassy as she is. I mean, you can tell she thought about that for hours. So I guess I appreciate that stupid joke she made. Hey, don't mock my booty call. Like, I just can't deal with the boots were like this build up. Also, you'd think if he was mocked so much for his boots, he would have already gotten nice boots. He didn't wait this long months into this process for her to give him some fucking boots. Well, this is why they have the define the relationship talk, which oh might God. be where you and I go different. Like, it's like this might be where Meg wins and we're losing. Like, literally, here they are in the define the relationship talk. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Marry me. And oh Meg's my like, God. I knew it. You give a guy good sex and a good meal and he asks you to marry him. Like, I love this. As if that is as as if that's like a thing that happens to Meg. She's like, oh, I hate this. Oh, I hate oh, when I fuck a man and God, make him a grilled cheese and he asks me to marry him. Like it's amazing. Like literally it is incredible. It's, it's incredible. Unparalleled. She's truly privileged. She's it's very so privileged. It's a privilege in Alaska is its own lifetime movie. Privilege in Alaska. Privilege in Alaska starring. So he's like, I love Leanne you. Ryan's Eddie. This is how it worked for them in real life too, right? Like Brandy Glanville was not feeding him, not fucking him. And finally, Leanne Rhymes saunters in, grilled cheese, fake on-screen sex, marry me. And then he goes, ready? This is such like a poignant line. This is like, this sits oh. with, this will sit with you in traffic for Sure, I can't wait. Tell me. He goes. Oh, my God. She's so cynical. And like the thing is, is it's real. What a cynic. Too real. Meanwhile, she just said the most unreal like shit ever. And then she just flips to being back to her cynical self. But like literally she's saying this to a married man that she's stealing from another woman. And she's like, don't with children. And then I watched all of Leanne and Eddie like as a supplement. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned that you did that. I did. I watched all of it. Do they have actual what, what happens in that show? I'm more interested in that show than this end of this movie i'll tell you it's that. just like a big like romp like it's a big like pillow fight what do they do adults i don't know like do so- they discuss the fact that they're both um cheaters they're adulterers yeah like it'll be like it'll be like well everyone knows we started in a crazy way a crazy like, way yeah and like the whole like a crazy way 
the titles are the like the titles for the show are basically like mock tabloid headlines and it'll be like they're like ha ha like we are in on the joke yeah it'll be like leanne singing a different tune and it'll be like leanne like at like a piano or then it'll be like eddie bit off more than he can chew and it'll be like eddie like eating a piece of meat that leanne just cooked him i hate the show yeah so it's like it's all about that and then like i guess this is what's super scandalous so like i guess like they hired eddie's friends from pre-divorce to be leanne's friends on the show so brandy on her own podcast has been like yeah like the people that were hired to be like leanne's quote-unquote best friends on the show actually are like my old friends that what through me and that, like women, like random so, women. Okay, so it'll be, it was like this woman. I think her name. It begins with a P. It is like a Patty or something. They hired Brandy Glanville's old friends to be Leanne Rhymes' fake friends. Yeah. So like, wow. they like their best couple friend on the show was in fact Brandy Glanville's like real like decent girlfriend. And then the husband. These that, freaking and, traitors. Yes. And so then Eddie's whole thing is like, I got to be hot. And also like, I got to try and turn down jobs because Leanne will be mad. So like, there's this scene where he gets like the Dallas remake. And like, Leanne's like, literally like, mm, are you going to go do that? And he's like, no, I won't do that for you and the kids. Babe. And then like, he does take it. I think he takes the job. I don't know. Like, I never got to it. It's all about like, Eddie can't eat sweet potato fries. Like. Wait, what? Like, there'll be an, an episode where... Do they about, have sexual chemistry? I have to say this. Like, everything you see in Northern Lights exists. <laughs> like, and it exists to this day. Like, and that's the level it exists on. Like, it's, like, not, like... It's not unlike Nick and Jessica, where you're, like, watching two people make out, and you're like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Like I accept this. Like, it just you guys feels you like to leave your partner who you have kids with, kids. both of them. It has to be some like overwhelming, like lustful, like fuck fest. And like I just don't see that in them. I mean, look at um, Brangelina. Those two, and I mean, well, Leanne and Eddie are still together. To be clear. Which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, they are. And they were immediately slapped with the title of, like, $50 million divorce. Right. And, like, I don't know if you're like me, but, like, I always was believed in Chloe and Lam Lam. They had chemistry. Yeah. They had a nice relationship when you watched their show. You could tell they actually enjoyed each other's company. And when, like, Lam Lam, like... Can't believe you call him that, but yeah. When he hit the skids, like, toward that... Continuing, continuously still hitting skids. Probably hitting skids daily. Like, I'm, I can't, I can't keep up with the Lam Lam news because it's too much. He had like, an intervention recently. It's very depressing. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I just love them. And, like, literally the day Lamar was in the hospital and, like, Chloe flew to see him, I was Ugh. like, Clomar is alive. It like, was act- really sad. Like, like activate Clomar and like that is the way that like I really believe love is it's like it's like we're not here for like oh the casual you know four day bender at the bunny ranch I'm here for like activate Clomar like final hour like right. I'm here for you right. and like that's right. how I feel Eddie and Leanne are probably but also probably not they're probably just both horrible humans I think that is more the case I mean the this the, the the it tabloids just, are yeah. not kind to Leanne's no. journey. 
They're not. I mean, it is a little bit fucked up that these two can't, you know, figure it out. But I will say having an ex-wife who is like on a reality show, has a podcast that she talks shit about you on, is like loud and like willing to talk shit about you. It's just like not a good situation. I mean, she is going to drag him forever. She's dragging him really hard. And also like, I don't, I, so, okay. Like, Let's just get to the bottom line of this movie. Basically, there's a lot more. Um, he gets trapped by a bear. Like, he, like he obviously after <laughs> yeah, this bear scene, like you can't, you can't just gloss over this bear scene. I'm, I'm not sorry. gonna gloss. Okay, I'm sorry, so like no. basically, like after she gets back, they're fucking after the bear, or they're fucking after <laughs> the dog. Like goes outside and like he doesn't get along with the dog. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's something going on outside of the house. Like, and he they hears, hear like, the dog noise. barking. No, they hear, yeah. Like, some okay. noise. And they run outside. And, like, there's, like, meat hanging from a tree and, like, a giant bear. And then they have to, like, fight a bear. And I guess the whole thing was set up by somebody to get the dog to get killed by the bear. And they thought that... It's, I mean, um, Leanne like the, was not going to be home and then Eddie was going to killed by a bear. Right. And like the implication is kind of like her Native American father figure did all this. Like, right. Because he, he, like, conne- he like connects with bears. And the dog. And no, no, the no, dog. Like, he knows the dog. He like, knows the and dog. So um, Meg is like, who knows you carry a nine millimeter? And Nate's like the whole town. And Meg's oh, like. Oh, because the gun would be setting off the bear. I no, no, it. no. And Meg's like, exactly. With that kind of gun, an enraged bear would have ripped you apart. Someone was counting on that. Because like, you need a rifle to kill a bear. Right. Because like he would have shot the bear and the bear would have just With a him. nine millimeter. Yeah. That will get that with a direct shot that'll kill or wound a human. But that won't do a bear or anything. So. The plot thickens. Signs are looking up for Founders Day and Lunacy, I wrote. They're putting up all the signs. Like, they're making all, like, they're nailing up. I how much that bear cost. I feel like that was a very high production value moment, this, this bear. The bear looked, I mean, that's when I get so confused about special effects. Because I'm like. The bear looked real. It looked real, but it, it looked real in a fake way. It looked, like, real, like they were reacting to a man in a bear suit, but they filmed the bear separately at the <gasps> zoo, being like, ooh, you Do know? Do you think they reacted to a man in a bear suit? I mean, you can't tell because they're all such bad actors that, like, or you can't the tell. Or like, and you're afraid. Yeah, like, there's a bear. And there's a bear. Look at this green, like, a laser pointer is, like, pointed. And they're like, look at this laser pointer dot. That's where the bear is. And, you know, and they had some like guy run around and pretend to be the bear. Yeah, you're, no, you're I, exactly I don't think right. like the bear was on set. I didn't even. Well, I know the bear wasn't on set. I know it wasn't a real bear. I mean, the bear's like CGI hair was like I'm watching this in SD on my laptop, and I knew the bear was fake. Like, let's not, let's not. Wait, let me see this bear again. Can I see this bear? Can you? Turn? I don't. Uh, I don't. Okay, I don't have the bear pulled up. Let okay. Me... Oh, I thought. Oh, I thought you. No, no, no. I thought you were doing it right now, live. No, I don't need. To, no, no, I don't no. need to see the bear again. No, no, no. I. Uh, I want. I. I, uh, I mean, honestly, after I saw those Northern Lights, nothing was ever not real to, to brag. Me. But I spend seven hours usually after my third viewing of the movie I, writing these notes. They're so long. I, I respect them. them. Yeah, it's dark. Um, so anyway. after this bear, can we like solve this mystery already, and not the I'm mystery saying. of whether these two people are adulterers? Because so, we already solved that mystery. 
So basically, Meg tells her mom that she's in love with the guy, Nate, and she's like, oh, no, she's like, Mom, John, the creepy school teacher, molestery guy, is in love with you, and you need to get to him before he leaves. And then Nate, Nate has my favorite, like, device on procedurals or any other sort of show where, like, they're trying to figure out the murderer, and they make, like, a web of pictures, Oh, I love that. Do you love the web of pictures? Duh. Like, that makes me think of revenge. Like, you can't solve a murder without pictures and yarn connecting them. No, like, literally, thumbtacks, yarn, and pictures, as far as I'm concerned, are pretty much all you need to solve no, a murder. No, it's literally, like, I was joking about the um, magnifying glass. You don't need a magnifying glass. You need pictures on a bulletin board with yarn connecting them so you can see where the murder's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely, because then you find, yes. You got pretty find. little liars, revenge, some of the best homeland. Seen. They all they all work with the yarn and the thumbtacks, and you that is a it. very good unifying. It. That is how they people... did that in Baltimore. I bet. So yeah, it's exactly where Nate was gone by the time they even like made the yarn. So um, <clears throat> basically, like. Uh, the mayor goes to Nate and she's like, I have a problem with the way you're handling things in oh town. Oh, my God. Wilcott agrees. They were going to, like, kick Nate out. And then someone else in town's like, yeah, let's not forget that stolen fishing gear. So they, like, kick Nate out of town, right? I forgot this completely. And yeah, the board yeah. voted Nate out of town. Why, because he didn't like, find that guy's missing fishing gear? Yeah, the kid who found the body decides to come up to Nate to outside. To be fair, he's been very focused on solving this already solved mystery. True be to be fair, true. Like there's active and fucking there. his girlfriend, right? Which That's everyone it. knows. Yeah, everyone knows it. So then, um, the kid comes up to Nate, who found the body, who found the guy Pat Gilligan's body in the woods, and he's like, "I took this from the cave. It was next to the body." And it was like, it's an earring. And it's like, it looks like a juggalo. Why are we like in the fifth, like, how, why are we so far along and there's just now an earring next to the body? Did Literally, no one do like, any? This is the murder she wrote of it all. Because it had oh the earring God. been introduced any more before the last five sentences of the movie, you would know what's going on. Because Wolcott so had said, earring like, is this? I wasn't always an uptight man. Like, I used to ride a motorcycle back in the day. Cut to, like, some fucking weird, like, I don't know. What do they call it? What does it look like? I'm going to draw the symbol, and Steve or Lindsay's going to tell me what it is. It's like... That fucking juggalo symbol that's like a motorcycle thing. It looks like kind of like a Nazi thing, but a flower. I a- don't know where you're going with that one. This is the it, earring that he had. It's like so he had it's like, like a, a it's like yeah. a cross. It kind of looks like like a fern, also leaves and a fan. Okay, well, my picture's not really good. Maybe we'll post that on the internet. But it's like one of those like elaborated crosses. It's like vaguely like juggalo or metal esque. Like vaguely, I don't know what it vaguely is. Vaguely juggalo. And then, okay, so then Nate and Meg dig through the pictures for someone. Like they go through the box and they're like looking for someone who would have worn the earring. And he's like, I know I've seen that earring somewhere before. Oh and my he, god, this is like. Let me guess. Then he knocks on John's door, and Charlene, her mom, is naked in the house. Of course. And like, what else like, has she been doing? Me. Yeah. And then Nate picks up the picture from the mantle, and There's he's no like, one else in town to fuck, so I don't blame her. No, because like, also they had that really serious conversation where Meg was like, "I found love. Now you can find love with the pedophile school teacher." <laughs> so then, um, <laughs> I found love. And so Nate picks up the picture from the mantle and he's like, this, this is the person right here. This is the man that killed your father. And then he sh- like 
She looks at this picture and shakes her head like it was like this is the person who cut you in line at Jamba Juice. Like it was literally like it was like nothing. It was Rosanna Arquette's last day of shooting and she was ready to move on. No, that was um Leanne Rhymes. It was Leanne Rhymes' last day of shooting and she was ready to move on. She's like, I am ready to go back to my new life. Well, when you're uh, when you're fake fucking, but you're actually real fucking, it must expend a lot of energy. You know, because she was fake fucking her future husband. And then she has to go back all the way to her yes. courtyard Marriott at yes. night and have sex with, with him. With her, with him again. She peels real off sex. her spanks, rips off her breast petals, and just literally goes from there. And that's a tough night from her. I know. So, like, basically, we cut to the town founders parade. Wolcott's the killer. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Super satisfying, satisfying ending. Like, he was the killer. We found an earring of him back in his motorcycle days. Lindsay, do you want to do our scale of most lifetimey to most unlifetimey? Well, I got to say it didn't feel as lifetimey because I don't know if there was enough like female like angst involved. This is that is one category which is big for us. Like there wasn't a lot of like women on women anger and like i feel like that's lifetimey to me this was more of like an oxygen like romantic romp it was maybe a murder she wrote it was a hallmark yes it was like it was lifetime intercepted the nora roberts i just expect more like grittiness from and this felt a little bit like bow like a bow being tied you know someone at oxygen got fired for not getting the nora roberts trilogy you know i mean it feels weird that lifetime got this they're like she'll be let go today i just i like my lifetimes to be um just more you know disgusting and so i feel like i would give this a six on the lifetime scale 10 being the most lifetimey one being uh, like Oscar winning. Okay, so we have Titanic, an you know? opposite scale. Uh, the, there's multiple categories. Okay, one is the most legitimate. Oh, meaning legitimate. that one, one, one is like, and I'm gonna go through the categories with you. And we okay, add please, up the score please, towards the end. Please. Uh, so one being like Lee Daniels, the Butler. Meaning, I I didn't see that, but I'm assuming oh, it's a good film. Um, no. Okay, okay. So let's take what's <laughs> you the are best mistaken. Film you've ever seen in your life. Uh, you've got mail, but that's beside the point. Okay, so like you've got mail being one. Okay. And then like five being like peak Tory spelling scene. Mother, may I sleep with danger? Yeah. Or like uh, another classic lifetime. Because. Ultimately, all of the movies that we watch this season are competing to win the Tory Spelling Lifetime Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> and so each season of this podcast nice. has one. So this does not deserve we have a nomination. We'll find out. So acting for any award, honestly. Acting on a scale of one to five, one being the most legitimate, five being the most lifetimey. I'm giving it a two if only because they fell in love in real life. So if that's not Lindsay. acting. Lindsay, no, okay. I like literally the day that I thought you would be more generous than me on this scale is dead. I literally, this is a four. Is that high or low of acting? Four, okay. Five, five is the most lifetimey. Like very bad, very not well acted, very not legitimate. Isn't like there's certain sometimes now. Someone, I stand by my two. Oh, wow. Okay. So then they I- fell in love. Okay. So we're going to give acting a three, which is 
wow. I mean, that's hard for me. I mean, I think everyone else was a bad actor, but I gotta say, if if you can like literally find true love via a fucking lifetime movie, you gotta get high scores for that. I you're right. You're I don't right. know. I mean, I just I'm blown away. Okay, this dialogue so brought them together. I'm pulling out the, my calculator, and I'm gonna get. Give... Oh, you're pulling out your calculator. Because I have to, because there's so many categories. Yeah, no, totally. So underreactions, like information that was given and you were just like, the characters did not react enough to that. Wait, underreactions? Underreactions. No one in this this reacted the way that they should have reacted. I would give this a five for underreactions. Yeah, no one, like there's so much murder and violence in this considering how small the town is, like two people, like 15% of the town died. Including yes. the dog, the random dog that no one cared about. That was a dead stabbed yeah. dog. In the so middle of town. literally, like, and no one cared. I mean, they cared enough to be like, "Hmm, this is suspicious for this other murder that happened." But and yeah, no, no. Now we have overreactions, which is like big turkey, like uh, big like jerky tear moments. Like there were very, none. Like bad. There were none. I'm gonna give this honestly, maybe a. Maybe a one. This did not overreact at all. And then dialogue. Lifetime, you did not lifetime him. Um, let's see. I haven't seen another lifetime movie in a while. It was pretty lifetimey. I mean, that uh, grilled cheese moment and her being like, I want to have sex. I like, think it's a four. I like, would say this is sex. like, this is pretty high on the on the lifetiminess. Now, this is where we're going to kind of start catching up to the real movies. Yeah wardrobe and within wardrobe we have two subcategories wigs and weaves and then makeup so in terms of wardrobe i have to say the boots just being honestly maybe like a dickies shoe that you would get at a surplus store like being like the super nice boots that no no alaskan could believe that you would wear I'm going to give this, I mean, for me. Can I make a counter argument to your shitty boots argument? Okay. Uh, the parkas and coats were nice. extremely nice. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's a solid, like, they went to. Um, Dick Sporting Goods and really, like, spent the budget. Or got a budget. Something, man, the discount man. What was that store in uh, Boston? Oh, my God. I know you're Something referring to, but I can't. the discount man. They went there. That's exactly where they did all of the they wardrobe shopping. They went to shopping. Um, a, a coat. Uncle coat. Sam, it's not Uncle Sam the discount man. What is the coat like warehouse? The coat. Burlington, Burlington Coat, coat Factory. Factory. They yeah, went Barton shops there. They went to Burlington Coat Factory and bought the coats. I mean, they're honestly like for a movie this so a dependent. This is a one. A movie so dependent on it. You, you knowing that it's cold. Like it's like FYI, it's cold. We know it's cold. They did a good. And like the old lady was appropriately kooky. Like, a lot of times you get people that don't care about the, like, the character doesn't care about their appearance, and it's like, hey, this is overboard, like, literally abuse. Like, no one will buy that cardigan, also, no matter how like, little they care about themselves. in terms of the set, like, a lot of the plot line was about this earring, so they did a good job building the, like, pictures of people. Like, that was important. The earring was, like... The earring. So, I honestly, let's just... What give, a stupid thing. We're gonna give a one and a one to make up wigs weaves like that's all these are all very i mean just the fact that it hinged on that fucking earring and they somehow victimization of the female character how bad do we feel for meg in terms of finding out that her dad was dead in terms of finding love she literally like fucked a guy made him a sandwich and got a marriage proposal i don't feel bad for her 
okay. and then complained about it because she's as she's Alaska privileged. You do okay. You feel so you. So I'm, I don't feel bad for her. No, I'm gonna give her two. Okay, okay, because she existed. Uh, <laughs> and then crying. There was no crazy. There was crying no, jags. No, Lindsay, you're so brutal. Okay. No one cried. I'm give it a one. You're right. And no then, one cried. Where was like the like emotion? No one was like screaming or crying. Rosanna Arquette like maybe had a sad moment. She like maybe expressed sadness once no you're right you're brutal you're actually really <laughs> brutal okay sorry to be real uh so i think we're gonna go i'm doing math right now hold on um we're like below we're like basically at 20 which is low that's this is our this is our least lifetime movie to date that's a good thing I mean, also, I feel like it legitimizes their relationship, which I know Leanne and Eddie have been looking for. You're welcome. I'm happy to do that. You are welcome. Your love means something. It origin. I just can't imagine you meet your man and like the origin story is already fucked. And yet you met on the set of Northern Lights, a lifetime movie you did. Like I just that is just tell your children that and they kind of like jk about it on the reality show they're like mm-hmm. we met on the like and i'm like the reality show's the best or the the lifetime movie is the best thing you guys have ever done like right Why separately on, the fact that you met all, in. you should be so happy you're proud like a part of the nora roberts family for real so happy she brought you together you yeah, should be she, thankful she brought you together like also leanne like i mean congratulations to her i was trying to google how many emmys she won uh, uh, beforehand uh, uh, were you yeah i was now let's just really quickly go over some imbd triv or like whatever else on leanne or just this whole movie okay Give me, give me some. I have some goofs. Yeah, okay. This movie is supposed to take place in Alaska, but the tail number of all the aircrafts is seen uh, seen begin with C, which is the international code for Canada, yeah, showing that the movie was filmed there. Yeah. Okay, good. Then we have trivia. It was on the set of Northern Lights that he met his current wife, Leanne Rhymes. Yeah, well, okay. Thank you, IMDb. He is not mentioned who he is. <laughs> uh, that was a submitted, I think... Uh, some Let's submitted see, trivia. Like, some plot keywords. What are plot keywords? It's dog. Like, yeah, the <laughs> bear. Yeah, fight monster <laughs> dancing, brother uh, brother relationship, bare chested male. Yeah, well, title spoken by character. Uh, okay, title spoken by character. Who else does that have? Ghostbusters, cool. Legend of Tarzan, tight. Jason Bourne. Well, because it's like, look at the Northern Lights. Straight out. Yeah, exactly. I love title sp- Breaking Bad. Haven't you seen there's a really good, um, like, uh, quick cut mo- video that someone made where it's all the people saying the name of the movie in the movie? No. It's classic. It's good. I need to watch that. I just saw Nerve, by the way, this weekend. Oh, I'm dying to see that. Was it good? Um, I would say it changed my life for sure. Like, I definitely was... I definitely am excited about this movie. Here's the thing. The, the ending was crap, but, like, it gave um, credence to my favorite genre, which is men and women uh, committing crimes together to prove their love. Uh, <laughs> true Romance, Directly Next to You, the poster. Nerve was really great for me, like, in that sense. Like, I saw a young... Patty Arquette, like in Emma Roberts, you did, which was a lot. I mean, wow. like I wouldn't say, in, in, I would say I saw a young Patty Arquette in her character. I mean, it's essentially like the like, game updated, right? Like the Michael Douglas, uh, 
a movie. I read the book, The Game, like where guys. No. I don't know. The point no. is to like trick girls in a. No, not that game. Essentially having a different sex. game. No, I never saw that. I never it's saw like he's that. in a game. <gasps> so it's like they're in a game. I need to see it. I, I got to see it. Isn't it like on VOD the day it came out? It's one of those movies. Probably. Yeah. I can uh, watch it on Snapchat in like 25 minutes. But Nerve was very, very good. Did you see uh, Ghostbusters? No. I'm really behind on movies. How was it? Like, it was fine. Yeah, that's what I heard. And that's the thing is that I wanted it to be like, look, I think that Bobby called it the most fine movie he's ever seen. It's, it's fine. the most fine movie I've ever seen. He said like, it was, I was fine. Like 100% adequate. I never threw my popcorn down or didn't understand the premise. I would say I, it was 15 minutes too long. But it, this is the thing that it, and I really want you to be the person here for this. Sure. Like it becomes hard because you want to critique a piece but you understand its cultural importance yes is the fact that like okay so with girls for example it got to the point where no one could have an artistic issue with the show girls Mm -hmm. because it was associated with hating women and hating lena dunham which is not necessarily true Mm -hmm. and like with with ghostbusters like i love every chick who's in that movie Every and single you one. think it should exist, and there's no r- problem with it. Ma- no, everyone, but made, it was just fine. Everyone made dope choices. I just didn't for some in certain scenes. I didn't understand the choices. Like I just wanted to understand it more, and like that is the point where it's like I want I want everyone to watch this. If I was a kid, I kept thinking like, if I was a little kid, would I like die for this? Yeah, would you? No, I mean, well, here's the thing: is that I know that. Disney movies had a coyness to them and that I always picked up on as a child. Pixar movies have that as well. It's there for the adult as well as the child. And I was looking for that moment in the Ghostbuster films and I just did uh, Ghostbuster film and I didn't find that anywhere. Yeah. And like I loved honestly the first, which is so ironic. It's not ironic at all, actually. The first moment that I found joy in the film was when Leslie Jones was on the screen. And I was like, yes, please. Like, more of this, please. And, like, that character was amazing. Yeah. And, like, to me, the most fleshed out, like, truly fleshed out, like, I wanted to hear more about what Kate McKibben was doing with her character. I wanted to understand what Melissa McCarthy's character was doing. Like, I understood... Kristen Wiig's character and that the chick is always like this the straight chick is always just a straight chick. Yeah, like, I need to see it. I need to see academia, it. I'm very whatever. like curious like what I'm very curious. I just came from it on Friday and I will say it was dark to me as somebody who grew up in the 80s and loves movies and loves female comics loves comics and loves movies whatever. It was really, really disturbing to me that I enjoyed Nerve more than I enjoyed Ghostbusters. I can't believe you just went there. It did. Wow. It was. I does. It All is. right. Well, I'm gonna see Nerve now. Well, it, 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 I can't that, wait. Was that is that out of line that I just went there? It's it's controversial. Is it controversial? But like, I'm, no, like literally, I'm enjoying like, it. No, like huge fan, huge fig, huge fan of Paul Fig, like huge, huge fan. fig. Huge fig. Uh, huge fan of Paul Feig. Like, huge fan of the whole... Hey, you don't have to sitch. like it. Like, it's not no. required for you to like it at all. It's not. And, like, I, it just... It becomes hard because it's, like, the year that that we were... That Bridesmaids came out. Hello Giggles also did, like, the Oscar red carpet for E! And we had to, like, all talk about our favorite movies. And I was so, like, flashing lights, blinded by the experience. I didn't know what to, like, 
do. Like it was a time segment in which we had to talk about mm-hmm. something that we were not qualified to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the whole time it was like, well, we have to talk about Bridesmaids. It was a great woman's movie, right? And I was like, I wanted to say the whole time, my favorite wo- movie like the whole year about women or not women was Young Adult. And mm-hmm. I forgot to say it the whole time. And I couldn't believe that Young Adult wasn't nominated for more. I loved Young Adult. Because I loved that movie so mm-hmm. much. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Exactly right. And like the moment I loved most in Ghostbusters was how like well-versed Leslie Jones was in her character's interests in New York City and in like the architectural history and historical context of new york city so um so yeah. you're telling me to see nerve is what you're saying i'm telling you to see nerve All i'm right. telling you that it was a funner romp for i'm down. Me, down but i don't think it's right down i mean i don't, you don't I'm, have to convince me to see a movie about snapchat i'll tell you that honey is, do you think of nerves about snappy it's like about like on social media truth or dare right they do a good job of it and mm, i yeah. find social media and film to be mostly insulting yeah so yeah you don't have to come you don't have to tell me twice to see a vod movie uh, starring emma roberts uh about social media Lindsay weber people should listen to you every single week on <laughs> who weekly they could be so fortunate yeah uh we'll talk more but we talk more about who's in them's eddie cibrian's uh, Brandy Glanville's not I keep calling her is that her last name Glanville yeah yeah Brandy Glanville's um, all of them the Glanville is also the name of a chain restaurant that's like within the two ninety nine delivery fee I range I keep wanting to call her Brandy Melville which is that line of clothes for anorexic women Melville Brandy Melville, right? Is Melville a? Uh, Isn't it Brandy Melville? Like her, her, like uh, like. Oh my God! Should I get that? Am I skinny enough? You know, I, it's like for like twelve year olds. You are, but it's for twelve year olds. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And also, people can find speaking of Mel's. You know, people can find your writing over at Mel right now. You're working for them. I'm freelancing too, but I also edit for Mel. Yes, Mel Magazine. Lindsay Weber is fantastic. I've known her for years. Uh, she pushed me to make a very big decision in my life which I talked about on the Please Advise Snapchat. You were here the day that people, I've already started to talk about this, the yeah. day that wagon stuff fell off my balcony. Oh, yeah. He, it happened oh, you talked about this you. already? Yeah, that was traumatic. I just started to. I just that was traumatic. To. So, like, Lindsay literally pulled up to my house, and my dog fell off my balcony. My dog, who was already in a cast in a cone, fell off my balcony in front of me, and I was like, I need you to drive me to the dog hospital because I still to this day do not remember the first time wagon stuff got attacked. Like when I drove him to the hospital, I don't remember how I got there. Like I know I got in my car. I don't think I had my glasses. I know I didn't have my wallet and I just like, I just drove. Yeah. And like when I was like the second time around, like I started, I, I freaked out for five seconds and I was like, I had to chill I had to chill. He, I mean, it was traumatic, but I will say, like, he was fine. You were, like, being cautious. It was totally... I mean, he had a broken leg already. I right. had to take him through. It and, like, fine. by the way, I will not lie to you, that day, beginning to end, was $1,500. Fuck that. Which is a lot of money. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money. That's yeah. A, like, that's a lot of money. So I just was... I was very disturbed. Pet care is, is a mm. fucking rip. But that said, this dog has been so healthy and so good for me for nine years. And um, you really pushed me to like a real Meg type uh, Leanne Rhymes in the movie. Oh my Northern God. Nights. I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah, that was her name, Meg. You pushed me to um, make like an important decision. Like you really were like, 
you need to look at your life and see if you can handle the responsibility. Oh the yeah, no, I mean that so was great. No, that was time. great. And if anything, no. the emotion that you had at that moment. Uh, gave you the adrenaline to make the phone call to figure the shit out. Yeah, because no, you honestly, I did. But I look back on that. I said on my please advise snappy, I was like on the actual pl- like please advise is done snappy. I was like, I literally thank Lindsay Weber for like, because you looked at me and you were like, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I, and I needed someone to say that to me. I mean, so honestly, bad. it's always easier said than done, but you're right. Yes. I did tell you couldn't easier handle said it than done. and you did it. And I, yeah, because it was of, easy for me to say like, you can't handle this. I like literally touch this crystal with me. Right I've been now. touching it the whole time. Do you know what this crystal no. um, does? What? This crystal is, I think it begins with an S. I don't remember the name of it. I'll, we'll put it on the website, but like, <laughs> This crystal literally promotes um, duality in your ability to work with people. Like, your ability, yeah, it makes like I like that you have it for your like in between your podcast. Yeah, I say, well, I say Christina Lopez beats me. Like when I bought this, I was doing a bit because this is where we produce. Please advise, and I was like Christina Lopez hits me, and I was like <laughs> doing, doing a bit. But no, this is. Um, I think whenever you work with people, there's going to be conflict, and this stone like basically clears the conflict. I, it did a good job. The same. We way. only disagreed about their acting skills. Amazing. All right. Well, lowest, least lifetimey movie ever. Uh, greatest guest ever. Love Who oh, Weekly. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Mic drop. Thank you for listening to Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about the show, so reach out to us on Twitter at MMISWP. And while you're here, why not smash that subscribe button and make us a part of your weekly routine? If you want to go the extra mile, leave us a review. It helps our ranking in the iTunes store and lets other people find the show and share the lifetime love. Today's show was produced by Stephen Ray Morris with support from Christina Lopez. Molly Mae McMahon from Six Peaks made our logo. Thank you to our guest, Lindsay Weber. That's Lindsay Weber with three E's, actually. From Who Weekly, one of my favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Molly McLear, and you can find me across social media as Malls or on Snapchat, Malls Official. Until next week.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.